well then I'll give I'll give I'll give Frankie the opportunity to say something. Ton, every time I get feedback and I'm getting tons of it, you guys have seen most of it, you know. And then people are putting it on my wall. I'm getting uh, instant messages from people, all kinds of stuff, saying all this stuff about her, and I always show it to her. So so she's seen it all. So yeah, thank you everyone for um, listening to our podcast. I know it wasn't much, but I really appreciate um, all of you supporting us. And I hope to hear feedback from both of us soon. Hopefully we get some more podcasts out there. But again, thank you all. Very yeah. good. Yeah, thank you. And I'm a, I'm a proud papa. It makes me feel good to hear that. And there's nothing quite like that feeling. So. Yeah, man. Yeah. It was a great show. Yeah. Thank you. Better than Brandon's solo cast. That's for damn sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely longer than my solo cast. <laughs> It was yeah, well. This girl, she you think I take notes? This girl had, had so many notes it was uh, out of control. I, I just looked at notes today, and you had like literally nothing written down. And I had this like this whole section for each uh, video. This what happened? It's like it's like my research project I was doing earlier. It took me like four hours to do that, and it it was uh, like half of the movie I was jotting down stuff. I didn't even look up at the screen. Oh, that's good. I mean, that's awesome. Hey, it's what? quite impressive listening to your your notes and your take on films because, I mean, Christian's like eight times your age and he has half of that to say. And I was just I was curious if one of those notes was replaced Brandon. No, <laughs> she knows on the backbone of the show. The Jersey Shore. <laughs> the Jersey Shore. <laughs> yeah. What? Eight times my age? Would he be eighty-eight? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he can't do math. Didn't you Sorry, know? I was. I'm not very good at math. <laughs> Eleven year olds drop beautiful. Beautiful. No, right? Beautiful. <laughs> oh, this girl. Well, I hope you apply uh, as much to your schoolwork as you did the episode. So Well the episode only took me two hours and well, yeah. the project took me like four hours. Good. Well then you keep doing what you're doing at schoolwork and uh, that's good. And there'll be more more episodes. Uh, the Patreon people have already heard the other one that dropped. I mean, as of recording right now, it hasn't dropped. But by the time the show is heard, it will have dropped. So we did another one where we did some triple R's, and, and I had some backlog stuff uh, of uh, recordings I made from her in the past. And we played that, and she reacted, and, and I talked about some things. And we bs for like an hour. We just had some fun, you know. So that's just for Patreon. So we'll at least do one of those every couple of months. My daughter and I, we were listening to it on the way home one time. And I'm like, could you believe this? Like, it, it was that good. And she couldn't believe it either. Uh, and I only say that because I said, if we did this, my, me and my daughter, I go, we'd be in and out in 45 minutes. Done. <laughs> that, it's just because of the way, and Dave, this is what your dad does. Francesca, he's good. He asks good questions and he's able to keep it going. I'm boom, 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 out the door. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but we all we're all good at what we're good at, you know. And I just I didn't know she was gonna take all them notes, you know. And I had no idea. I, I, I think it just proves that Dave is is the better father. <laughs> <laughs> well, I only have one. He Hold on, one. I gotta go beat my kids. Just excuse me for a second. <laughs> I only have one, so I mean, if yeah. I had three, I don't think I could juggle it the way yeah. uh, the way C does over here. So you got to give him props. That's that's no easy task. Ugh, it's crazy, right? I'm and crazy. you guys plenty of stuff. You make the movies with your kids and stuff. We could never do that. That stuff's amazing. Of course we can. Remember we saw yeah. the movies that they made. Remember oh I showed God, you. You write the script. 
for just, <laughs> we could do it. Yeah, we could if we could fit a giant green screen in our house. Yeah, maybe someday. Maybe someday we'll do it. Maybe we'll combine with uh with, with Christian and his kids and we'll bring, uh, drive up. Yeah, this, up. Is, this is making me really depressing. Realizing that I have nothing. Oh, you nothing. do. Look at that hairdo. You got. <laughs> what do you mean nothing? You got freedom. <laughs> Everything I do is for my family. Every move I make. Uh, you know, I can't even. Now that we're all together all the time, I, I'm, I went from watching three movies a day to um, I'm lucky to get in two movies a week, and that's watching at bedtime twenty minutes one night, twenty minutes the next night, and twenty minutes the next night. So, I, hey, welcome, welcome to my life. Right? Yeah, man. So, you know, the grass is always greener, they say, but there's nothing like yeah. being a proud papa. So that's the best feeling was getting all that feedback. So I, you know, so thanks, guys. Yeah. yeah. Right. But yeah, you're lucky because dad keeps telling me how I shouldn't have a husband. I shouldn't have pets when I grow up. He's a smart <laughs> man. Yeah, he's been, he's been brain he's been brainwashing me with that for the last two years. Also, yeah. See? yeah. But Brandon, Brandon is still seeking a husband. <laughs> I do have a husband actually. His name is Ziggy. Oh, look at it. Yeah. Ziggy, that's all you need. You know, you don't that's need all a... you need in life. Yeah. yeah. You don't. At, you don't need a kid. Nothing. See, everything I'm, I'm grooming my daughter to be, you are <laughs> You're a success. Yeah. See? You just have to find your Ziggy. Yeah. You can be a role model for me. <laughs> Brandon's a role model. Now. See? See how, see how easy things just turned. Okay. Thank you. I needed that. See? There you go, buddy. All right. You better go. You just bed. made his day. Holy smoke. I think there's a tear coming out of his eye. <laughs> right? <laughs> okay. Frankie's going to go. All right. Good night, Frankie, and thank you for an awesome show. Yeah, no problem. Bye. Bye, guys. Thanks. Take care. Bye. All right, all right, all right. Okay, wait. So is this the show? Why not? <laughs> Want to add a couple more all rights? <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's a new year. I admittedly, admittedly, I feel rusty. <laughs> so do I. Well, I think the listeners know we're rusty if, if all this is in the show. They're gonna, they're, they're gonna to be honest, that. Christian, you pretty much haven't improved since day one. <laughs> <laughs> you, look, you look good this year. Oh, oh, thank you. You look less like a bloated raccoon than you did last year. <laughs> oh, bloated He's getting all his jokes in. He's halfway done his jokes already. <laughs> Shit. I only got two left. <laughs> Rock and roll. Bloated raccoon huh? chick. <laughs> so, yeah. What is We're it? here. Episode 53 or not? 53. Is it 53? Yeah. 53 yeah. or 54? Uh, I think it's 53. 53. I'm going to go with 53. 53. Okay. I thought you were calling huh? your bonus episode 53. No, 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 no. That doesn't count. That's not exploding. That's a bonus episode. I even labeled it bonus episode number one. So, if oh, you do it again. You? Oh, okay. I, don't, oh, I thought you called it 53. I didn't know. I would never be so bold. No, exploding heads is us three. It's not, uh, you know, a bonus. Please. Come on now. The only time Frankie's going to be uh, featured was today. You know what I mean? So <laughs> this is weird, huh? We haven't talked in so long. Hello, hello. Clackety, clackety. Beautiful. We can't escape it. What do you guys been doing, man? Honestly, playing a shit yeah. ton of video games. Games? Because really? Nice. I, it's been so long. My son, Santa, brought my son the Xbox One. So I might be nice. doing more horror game reviews this year now because I finally have an updated system. Do so it. I, Put them I on played, the Patreon. I played Friday the 13th. I've played Layers of Fear. 
I've played Dead Rising 3, State of Decay. You hear that, patrons? More reasons for you to pull back your pledges. (laughs) (laughs) What a douche. I actually have a new client at the gym who's been telling me to play Layers of Fear. Layers of Fear was phenomenal, and it's if you're in for action-packed, like if you want fighting, 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 it's not the game for you. This is all about atmosphere and intention. There's jump scares galore as the game progresses, but even if you took those jump scares out, the game would be terrifying. And it's not a long game. You could do the game in a few hours, and it was it was a great. And it was free. From when I got the Xbox, it was like a free download. So I downloaded it and played it, and it was absolutely phenomenal. Damn. Not, can I get that for PS4? Or was it just an Xbox thing? Uh, that I'm not sure, because I don't know if that's... I don't think that was an exclusive. I think that was like a, a bonus game. I don't think there's an actual disc. Like, uh, you could get it on the PS4 store. Okay. Uh, I don't yeah, quote me on that. Yeah, it's also for PC, right? Yeah. So you could just download it directly for the PC. Nine and a half out of ten. Ooh, wow, game rating. That's like IGN over here. Nice, all right. Wow. I thought that, I thought that was his IQ, nine and a half. <laughs> 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 oh, here we go. I am rusty because I want to usually let him get away with that. <laughs> <laughs> what about Friday the Thirteenth? Because I'm I, I'm not getting mine until I get into my house, which hopefully by the time the next episode drops, I'm, I'm one step closer finally. But what about Friday the Thirteenth? That's what I want. Friday the Thirteenth is great. Here it is in a nutshell. It it's nostalgic. You, you get like. Uh, uh, Paterak, whatever the fuck it's called, Lodge from Part Pack Two. Neck, yeah. yeah. Uh, Lodge from Part Two, Crystal Lake. You've got Higgins Haven, the Jarvis House. So all of that's there, and it, and it's and it's really cool for that factor. You get Jason in all different forms. I'm still very early in the game. I've played it a bunch of times, but I, a one I suck, and b uh, you have to play it a lot to start unlocking uh, Jasons and, and other things. First time I played though. I lucked out and I got Jason as my character, so I went around killing people, and that was pretty sweet. Uh, and then never again. I've never gotten Jason again. You could play it offline, but it's it's not a campaign mode. So what I mean by it, it's still the same scenario, and the scenario is simply survive the night. Can you play as Muffin? You could play as Muffin. Lick my, lick my muffin, you and, bummer. And Gordon, of course. Those are those can are you, downloadable can, can, content. I'm kidding. Can you you can. Yourself? Yeah. can. You yourself? Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Dave wants to know if you can Gordon yourself. Yeah. That's exactly uh, what I wanted to know. No, but literally, it, it's terrifying because like you don't know where he's going to be, and he can sneak up on you. And he's got like different powers that make it a little bit scarier. But the the music is great. The the atmosphere is great. But it's repetitive. I mean, it's literally the same scenario. Different maps survive the night. So either by escaping or by killing Jason. Solid game, but I want a campaign mode. I would love a campaign mode that could somehow make that or a single, like, I don't know, something that you could play and progress through. As is right now, I'd say seven and a half, eight out of 10. And I'm being strict because if, if pure nostalgia, 10 out of 10. But I'm trying to be honest about the gameplay factor. And uh, I like it, it's fun. Uh, it took me a little, a little bit of a learning curve. I wouldn't say it's as plug and play as some other games, but again, hopping on, I was I was in a game within 20 minutes. Nice, freaking gaming! Wow, good for you. Which is why my movie watching has taken a huge hit. <laughs> Go ahead, B. What about you? What have you been doing? 
Uh, well, for two weeks after our last recording, actually three weeks, I did not watch one single movie. Wow. Wow, man. One single movie for three weeks. All I did was watch uh, a lot of old TV shows. Just caught up on TV shows that I wanted to watch. And the minute New Year's hit, back into movie watching. I decided that this year I'm going to keep track of every film I watched this year. Horror, yeah. horror, non-horror. And I'm making it a habit to go through my collection and watch everything in the collection that I haven't seen. Nice. Are yeah. you going to get one of those, those fancy letterbox things that everybody has to Nope. Do? I'm keeping a Microsoft Word document, <laughs> and I'm just writing each movie down. I'm averaging Old one school. a day right now to start. Really? Yeah. It's been well, a slow, slow month, so I've been watching a lot of old horror and non-horror. Do you, do you have, have any, any like, anything to report? Is it, like, any first-time watches, or has there been a... Is it just anything that comes to mind, or you have you had, you know, like, plans? Like, I want to watch this tonight, or... No, you know, I was actually... One of the lists we're doing tonight are top ten films featuring cults. You mean 20, I hope? What did I say? Top ten. <laughs> top ten? Yeah. Our two top tens of cults. <laughs> Our top 18 uh, plus two, right? Yeah, that's what, that's what I meant. Our top 18 plus two. So I decided, since I hadn't seen a lot of the 70s films featuring cults a lot of those satanic films i've been watching a lot of those recently i got in two four six seven about seven of them in the last week just to to watch some of them were first time most of them were first time watches a couple of them were repeat viewings worth it any of them would pop up on the list oh definitely worth it i watched some classics that'll show up on the list and then discovered a few i guess hidden gems and believe it or not we actually and when we get to this list I'll elaborate more, but we actually had three films from a year we're going to be covering with 22 shots this year from 76 yes. that could have, that could be on the list. I chose to exclude it because we're going to be doing the 76 show. So I kept all 76 films off to the devil, a daughter, the devil, a daughter. Yeah. Technically you got the omen. You got God told me to, you got, um, Helter Skelter. Yeah. You, you got, you got some good, really good films in there. So I just left them off just cause I don't want to blow my wad for the 76 show. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm completely different. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I caught up on some, but some are going to be on my uh, on this list and that list. But I knew what I was going to do for half of them before we even started because yeah. half of that list, I, I was like, well, I can name 10. Now i got to dig for the other 10. So the 10 I had had to stay there because I wasn't as versed. It doesn't seem like any of us were. But, no, it, it was know. tough because I felt like – Okay, I'm thinking of the films. The films that were popping to my head, yes, they have cult elements to it, but it wasn't like the cults were like in the forefront. Like right. whereas some of these films, especially in like the seventies, it's all, you know, culting cults and chanting and mm-hmm. religious craziness and so if even though some of the films on our list are gonna be like, Wait, that's that's about cults? Yes, it is, but it it's is. kinda almost like in the background. Yeah. And that's exactly the same as my list, and that's yeah. okay because then it will get the, the it will be the catalyst to even see more. What I yeah. found out is that I there's a lot of scary and awesome cult flicks. Yes, yes, there is. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward. Both both 2020 lists tonight were actually a lot of fun to make, and I, I always talk about because the other one is top 20 horror scores. I always yeah. talk about how that's not usually my thing. The the music and the soundtracks, man. That was a really hard list to do. 
Yeah, man. And and you know really what? No, everybody's going to have their own top 20. I mean, that's what it's all about. You want to, you, you listen to it and you're like, oh, man, they admitted this. They didn't have that. And, and with those soundtrack ones, for sure, it's going to be the same thing. We're going to get people going, well, you forgot about these guys, this one and yeah. whatever. Because everybody has their own favorites. Like, People are talking about Italian horror films that I haven't heard the soundtrack for, oh, and they're man, raving that's, about that's them another constantly. Thing. We do a top 20 Italian horror scores yeah, on their own. For but sure. Dave, it's interesting. The, immediately how I narrowed it down was I have about five or six horror soundtrack themes that I have listened to while working out. So those immediately are the front runners for the top spots. Anything well, I download and want to listen to when I'm working out or just laying around, like that's that's automatically top of the list for me i'm with you except i listen to mine not when i'm working out but when i lay down at night and go to bed and it's funny because i've been listening to them nonstop for like two weeks just to finalize it because i had so many and i show a couple to my daughter because she's around me all the time now so i'm showing her to her and she she looks at me she's like puzzled she's like how is this relaxing to you i said it is relaxing i, I, I can't help it and when you hear mine you guys are probably going to know which ones uh We'll see when we get there, but it's like, it is relaxing to me. It's not like bombastic. Like, I can't listen to, like, Harry Manfredini's Friday the 13th. I can't sit down and listen to part one at bedtime. Because, yes, there's metal, there's mellow stuff and there's subtle stuff, but there's also... <laughs> I mean, that's not bedtime material. <laughs> what, I mean, what is there? Yeah. You know? <laughs> well, I, I think you cut out there. Can you try that again? Yeah, what is it? <laughs> Icky, 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 <laughs> icky shovel. Kill, kill, mama. Icky, icky. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do it. That's like someone's been smoking the icky, icky. Yeah. I wish, I wish. I can't do nothing. No, I can't do nothing right, ma. <laughs> I promised myself that as soon as I got the freedom to do it, I was gonna watch movies. And people that are on our Patreon already know this stuff, so I'm, I'm not gonna make a big thing here, but. I said I'm going to watch these horror movies that I feel that as a horror fan I should have watched by now. And as soon as we finished wrapping up the, 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 the you know the 2017 show, I didn't take a break from horror, but I did I, I did take a break from anything new, anything from 16, 17, 18. You know what I mean? It wasn't like I was trying to get ahead. I said no, all of January. That's all I'm going to do is watch these horror movies that I have either never seen. Or only seen one time and deserve a rewatch. So I've done that. I'm going to just tell you guys quickly what they are. Yeah. I watched well, 5150. Oh, you, Elm's Way. you did see it? Yes. The one yeah, that was, was on the Canadian list. Yeah. No, the I, top of it, right? It, was, it wasn't It was the top one, but it was okay. close. It was close. Okay. Yeah. I liked it. A seven and a half. I get a seven and a half. Um, so Alien Abduction. I gave it an eight. Found footage. Recommend it to anyone that can find it. It's, it's not easy to find. Alien Abduction from the 80s. It was on TV, one of the earliest found footage. Oh. I talked about it on the show. Black Sunday for the first time, 7.5 out of 10. The Blob. Bob, Bob's Remake. Black Sunday? Bob's Black Sunday, yes. I know that was... might seem low to some people. But... No, that was the first time watch for me also. Okay, all right. Well, because uh, you guys said it was a cult, because it was listed as a cult film. But I think they... Yeah. It is. I actually included it. Just... Yeah, I, I did not include it. Spoiler! In Spoiler alert. I included it. My number one. <laughs> it was close. It's my it number zero. It's so much better than my number one. It's my number zero. <laughs> so uh, what else? The Blob remake. I give it eight out of ten. Blue Sunshine, first time watch. Seven out of ten. Chug. Did you see Did you see Mr. Watson at the beginning of Blue Sunshine? No, I forgot he was in there. Yeah, the guy, who's, when his hair falls out, 
Mr. Watson with the shaved head. Derek makes the joke that that, that looks like Mr. Watson <laughs> with a shaved head. Oh, that's funny. Oh, yeah. I guess it does. I, never, I, I don't know. It was my first time seeing it. I wasn't looking for Watson. You know what I mean? I was just trying to. I knew. I was hoping it was going to be about acid by the title, and sure enough, it was. So yeah. that was good. Uh, Chud. I finally saw Chud. Seven oh. out of ten. Dead Ringers. Finally watched Dead Ringers. Another seven out of ten. Seven out of ten. Uh, Too slow for you. No, no, you know me. I find what's slow, but the third act got a little too confusing. Not a, not a and, and of vaginas? Is that it? <laughs> I didn't understand what all of a sudden happened in the third act. That was my problem. But still a good movie, and I will watch it again. Uh, don't torture a duckling. As you can see, these are alphabetical. Like, everything I'm reading here is B, C, D. Uh, it goes <laughs> I, did, to- I did click into that. Did you, Brady? Yeah. <laughs> I did not at all. <laughs> yeah. I, I looked at all my Blu-rays, and I'm going through them all alphabetically, ones that I feel I should watch. So... Yeah, okay. They are alphabetical. Don't Torture a Duckling, 7 out of 10. Dressed to Kill, had to see if it was a slasher. More jello than slasher, but I enjoyed it. I understand that maybe the POV thing you could call it a slasher at the end, but whatever. I give it 8 out of 10. I liked it. You know, Duel. I loved fucking Duel. Spielberg. Spielberg. Yeah. 9 out of 10. Loved it. Eaten Alive, 6.5 out of 10. Evil Ed, 6 out of 10. Ghost Town, little disappointing, 5.5. Whatever. Funny games. Highlight. Holy shit. Wow, I love this movie. Definitely. <laughs> the definitely. original or remake? The original. You know, I mean, yeah. I'm not going to go to the remake first. Uh, the honestly, they're both equally as good. The only great thing about the original is that they were actual husband and wife. Oh, really? Yeah, they both and they both died very young, but they were you both ter- terrific actors. Yeah, you said that on the show, and I had to watch it because you were talking about it, and I was like, I got to see this movie. It's straight I, up. I, I actually saw the. I saw the remake first, and the remake is phenomenal too. And then I went back to watch the original, and I got like a half hour in. And I'm like, you know what? I it's just that film bothers me so much. I was like, I can't watch this anymore because I know what's coming. <laughs> Damn, but it, I, I, but it I, is a great film. It is a great film. Oh, that's how home invasion should be. It's my kind of movie, my kind of ending. How casual they were. Ciao, Bella. Fucking yeah. brilliant. Uh-huh. Loved it. Nine out of ten. Loved my. I love that movie. I can't wait to watch it again. Uh, the Dead Zone, finally, first time watch, eight yes. and a half out of ten. Yeah, I, I, I really dug it. Devil Rides Out, first time watch, seven out of ten. Blood on Satan's Claw, seven and a half. The Faculty, finally watch The Faculty. This is the last one, eight out of ten. Could have been higher, but something happened at the end, which made no sense. Have you guys seen The Faculty? Yeah, the yeah, chick's naked the whole it. time. And that girl from 15, I couldn't believe it. That yeah. girl used to be on a Canadian show that was on Nickelodeon when I was a kid in 1990. And the show was called 15. And this girl was the lead star of it. And this is this is, this is like five, six, seven years after when they made this movie. And I hadn't seen that girl in years. And I was shocked when she showed up, that girl. it was And what a cast on the faculty, huh? Wow. Look at that cast. It, it, it's amazing. It, it's r- ridiculous, you know? But, okay, you guys remember what happened in the end? Yes. I actually I don't. I, I've seen it twice, but it's been a long time. But it's okay. I spoil away. I don't give a shit. Are I'm you gonna, talking about post bleachers? Hold on, I'm gonna kind of spoil it, but not. I'm talking this. Somebody gets away with doing something because they don't inhale something. You, are you guys on board with that? You guys know what yes. I'm talking about? They did yes. the test. It was kind of a rip off of the test and the thing. You know what I mean? Which broke, I was fine. With. She broke the bottom of the thing. Okay, so it was broke, and I understand, but but it would have had to happen right in front of them. It, how would yeah. you not see the stuff spilling out? Because of what ultimately that thing turned out to be. What's that got to do with it? The people were right in front of that person. They were all like in a circle. So why would you not see if all of a sudden a bunch of white stuff falls out of the bottom of a pen? That close was up, my problem. Close up magic. 
Yeah, see? Look that, here. It, it was wow, a fall. Over here. It was a problem. The movie could have been a 9 out of 10. That really? was I, a... I thought you were going to say something about the end. Like, why is he all of a sudden dating his teacher? And... No, it was just a cheat. It was just a cheat. It was a good reveal, but it was a cheat the way that they said how she faked it. I'm like, well, that's stupid. And I rewound it and looked again. I'm like, I'll tell you what. My daughter, you guys heard that show. She's 11. She would have watched that movie and said the same thing. Any idiot can see. You know, I should show my daughter Black Christmas and not say anything and see if she thinks the same way I do about it. Says, well, how is that possible? I just no. want to know because she the said Apple... it's awesome. She said it's a 10 out of 10. <laughs> well, you guys heard. You guys heard that show. Back to that show. The apple doesn't fall far from the tree. She notices things. It can't be helped. I notice things too when I watch a movie that sometimes end up being a flaw. So, you know, The Faculty. Great movie. I think it's the best post-screen movie there was up until in the 2000s. You know, that had the, the floating heads on the front and that kind of cast and that type of a look. It was almost like a, a modern day, like a cross between the thing and, and like, um, what's that other movie? Um, Night of the Creeps, things like that. It was, yes. it was a cool movie, man. I really Fun enjoyed film. it. Yeah. But right. a flaw. Eight out of ten is still nothing to sneeze at. But, I mean, I just wish they would have not done that cheap freaking, you know, excuse there. But, whatever. That's that. That's all I got to say. I've been watching movies still, so. <laughs> sounds like you've seen a lot. I mean, I, like I said, I've pretty much been watching one a day but i just want to bring up two real fast and one of them well three one first <laughs> br- brimstone because a lot of people since you and mark nato dropped that bomb on everyone and moods and freaking uh, yeah and now and, yeah, yep. yeah everyone is is dropping bombs on on brimstone and i gotta Good. check it out i still gotta check it out but i did watch killing of the sacred deer huh? and i was left disappointed i i gave it a seven and a half out of ten I needed more because I loved the guy's first film, The Lobster. I even liked his film, Dogtooth. I felt like this one needed more explanation to the world in which it's set in. Because some of the rules just don't apply to the world we live in. So clearly this is some sort of dystopian future. And I wanted to know more about what was going on. Interesting. I just took it as this kid had some power and that was it. Yeah, I wanted wanted more. I wanted okay. more. I but, still gotta uh, check out both of those. And Brawl, Brawl in Cell Block 99. Non horror, non horror film, but honestly one of the best films from last year. Absolutely amazing. Vince Vaughn. Oh my God. Just check it out if you haven't. Yeah, I, I want to check that out too. It looks good. Brutal. Fucking brutal. Brutes. I keep hearing that. I keep hearing that come up on, and I hear it on some. I heard it on some year analyst. And by the way, that'll bring me to this quick segue about the idea for the other show, because I was listening to all these top, you know, top ten of 2017, top fifteen, whatever. No one did seventeen but us. But yeah, that's our gimmick. Nobody should steal it. So that's cool. But I'm listening. I must have listened to at least a dozen, maybe more, because I love listening to those year on shows in case I missed anything, you know. And time and time again, people are talking about movies, and. Someone will have something on their list, and another host on the show will say, oh, you consider that horror. And it got me thinking. I was like, you know what? This has been happening so frequently, probably since I've gotten into the the year-end with doing podcasts, more and more with you guys. There's movies every year, and there's a lot of it, and people debate and everything else. And, and there's even old movies that maybe some people don't consider horror. So... I messaged these guys. I said, hey, I go, How do you, what do you guys feel? We should do a show just called that. Freaking called, um, is this horror? Or now whatever. is this horror? <laughs> now is this horror? Right? Now that's not horror. <laughs> or is it? 
We're still working on a title. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the work in progress. <laughs> we'll get it. But the bottom line is we're going to do a show about that. We're going to get votes on the page and uh, everything else and get the top 20. And we'll discuss them. And we'll, we'll come up with a uh, definitive answer, exploding heads, because there's three of us. So that means something's going to have to win. So, but more on that in the future but look for that i think it's going to be exciting these guys seem like they were really i was just sitting there and the idea popped in my head i'm like you know what everyone is always talking about this topic but no one has sat down and said hey let's do a whole thing on it you know so well, we had yeah, a, yeah, yeah the green room neon demon fucking brimstone uh the right? ba- i don't think anybody questioned the babysitter they just made fun of you for it uh did you hear that JP made fun of me worse than anyone? Then he starts talking about how he ranked his whole list, and he had it at, like, number 15 or 16. And he saw, like, 80 films this year. So he absolutely loved it. He even said to me that it was in his top 10 for a while. And then some other guy had it as his number one, which was awesome. Dude, yeah, and I heard at least three other people, because I've listened to tons of podcasts, and they had it in their top 10. Somebody else may have had it at number one. I'm not positive, but some people love it. So what? Mick G. Um, Mick G had it as, as number one. <laughs> Mick G. Nice. And Mick Muffin. And Mick Muffin. And Mick Muffin. Yeah. Mick Muffin. Mick Muffin. Never one up me again. <laughs> or try to. <laughs> nice. No, it's actually a great idea for a show, Dave, because I, I don't think we take that as seriously as you hear some other people. Man, it creates some yeah. friendly debates that sometimes get a little out of control, but. But it'll be it'll certainly be a fun uh, show idea to tackle. Yeah, I'm looking forward. I don't know when we're gonna do it, but it's in the future. We're definitely gonna do it. Tonight we're doing all Patreon stuff. So we're doing the top twenty, which is the Patreon. We're doing another top twenty, which is the Patreon, and we're doing a review, which is the Patreon. We're 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 catching up because uh we 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 were just too busy towards the end of the year and we told everybody, hey, listen, we're gonna we're, we had the slasher show, we had this, we had that, the holiday show, and this. So. You know, and everybody was cool, and we have to work something out with ex- with exploding heads, yeah. With twenty two <laughs> shots, <laughs> with us, yeah, with ourselves. With twenty two <laughs> shots, we're after we find their freaking movies. If we ever do, we can do theirs too. And yeah, we got whatever. two shows for them. We yeah, haven't we got even two come up with them. one. <laughs> exactly. So we'll get to them when we get to them. You know, but we have a uh, top twenty religious, uh, satanic, cult movies, horror movies. And that's from uh, Dub Doubles, our homie. Dubby. Dubby, Mr. Uh, Cinema Attack. And the other Cinema Attack guy, Derek B. And he is um, top 20 go-to horror scores. So there you have it. And our review is Anguish, and that is from Sam Edwards. So those nice. are all Patreon picks. So we're going we're gonna to get on that. Don't all good know. peeps right there. Yeah, man. Yeah, definitely. Oh, well, I, I may as well do that quickly, as long as uh, we're talking about it. The whole Patreon thing, let me uh, put it out there. Patreon, you guys want to pick what we're watching, uh, do stuff like this, please do. You know, if, if you like what you hear with our show, then consider joining our Patreon subscribers for less than the cost of a beer or a cup of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> you get all access to the page and get to help us continue doing what we love what's all access well that includes early access to all episodes of a commercial uh, i'd rather have half a beer 
Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, early, okay, no, seriously. Early access to the episodes, bonus content, entry into all our giveaways, and the option to choose what we watch and review. And our newest thing is that it's a, a dollar for everybody for all access. For a dollar, you get to be in the monthly drawing at the end of the month, and uh, whatever whoever is selected gets to pick a triple R for us to do. So anybody that's on the dollar and anybody that's on the $3, the people that are $3 get three entries each month. And we make a drawing, and then someone can give us pick out what they want to watch. And of course, anybody above that, anytime they want us to do a triple R or whatever they're subscribing to, all they got to do is contact us or ask us. So that's it. Easy so access, man. Yeah, dude. Patreon, we're blowing up on there too. We got things coming in. We got more uh, stuff going out. So I'll just give you that information: www.patreon.com/slash/explodingheads. Boom. Bada boosh. There it is. And there it is, Patreon. So, everything tonight is for those guys. So, okay. Um, I guess we got a couple emails here. They're quick ones. Uh, they're not. No SC yeah, ones? Yeah. <laughs> is he still fuming <laughs> over my rage of Star Wars? Oh, oh, I got a bone to pick with that. I, there's a, not with him, not with SC, but there's some asshole. I didn't even remember his name. Mike Biff. Some, I, I think it's Mike. Some guy Mike on our Biff. page. Mike Biff. Um, some guy on our page. I made a, a, that thing about Star Wars, the new one. Kind of sucking. He went crazy. Oh, did he? Yeah. I gave him your home address. So the only visit. the only thing, the saving grace, and I'm going to do a shout out to Tim, Tim Ritter. Uh-huh. He actually just calmly responded and kept in trying to get him engaging in regular conversation. And he, uh, Tim, you're, you're a better man than I am. That's all I can say. Because I just got, I, I got a few, like, because I don't agree with you, I'm a fucking asshole. You know, I said you're being a bit of a douche. And then he, and then I said, "You're being, you're kind of being a fucking douche." I think. And then he's like, "Oh, I could do name calling too, cum guzzler, and this, that, and the other thing." <laughs> cum guzzler. We're right to cum guzzling. It always goes right to cum guzzling with these guys. Wow. Anyway, cum guzzling douche. We're right before Christmas. What a what a fun Christmas little conversation we're having back and forth. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, yeah, it was just a back and forth because of Star Wars, and because I rated it a three out of ten, and I have no interest to ever see it again. That's fine. Yeah, Listen, done. I, like, I'll I'll debate here with you guys on this podcast to do it, but I will never debate online about anything again. I will never post about Star Wars again online because I couldn't believe, like, the guy was like, but you're totally wrong. No, I'm not wrong. I'm absolutely not wrong because, A, it's an opinion, so I'm not wrong. And then, he, right. and then the guy was just calling me an idiot because I didn't get the intricacies of this piece of shit film. Yeah, that's the that's the trouble with trying to argue on online, especially in like posts and stuff. You can't people take it way too far. It's just an opinion. Yes. Even even when we disagree here, we're busting balls. But at the end of the day, you like what you like. Who cares? At the end of the day, that's all. If if he doesn't like it and you love it, great. Yeah. Look at look at Andrew Shoyer. (laughs) He likes what he likes. (laughs) Yeah. Look Look at look at Don and Nelly. Hats off to these guys. They like what they like. Yeah. yeah. Well, whatever. Why not? <laughs> I don't care what people like. They like that. Yeah. They like. I like what I like. Well, that's it. And I'm, I'm done I have final it. girls in my top ten slashers. Deal yeah. with it. So what? Right. If you don't like the podcast, you don't like somebody's opinion. I, I guess you could say don't listen. Or there's a better one. Listen and don't take it so damn seriously. Yeah. Oh, so so I I was out of my. I shouldn't have even tried to post on a horror site about Star Wars, but it got a lot of fucking responses. Mostly hate, but that's fine. See, I won't even discuss it, and I have a yeah. different opinion than you, and that's fine. Who cares? Just, yeah, but we'll talk, big... and I know you liked it, but we'll talk, and then and right. and that that's a okay. But 
I'm not saying I'm right, I'm wrong. I'm just saying this was my opinion. This is why some of the things are absolutely laughable. And I said, my wife and I looked at each other and like, are you fucking kidding me? This is happening in front of us right now. <laughs> this, this is in the movie. We're not being punked. Like I think I think you should tell Biff though that your New Year's resolution is to um be less of a uh, cum guzzler. Yeah. Oh no, fuck that. That was my New oh, Year's resolution was to little... be constantly guzzling gum. Like little really? Kim style? Yeah. What little Kim? She did that? Wasn't that like the an urban legend or something with little Kim where she had to have her stomach pumped because she had so much semen in it? Oh, they said that about <laughs> Phil Collins when I was in freaking junior high. And one of the guys in New Kids on the Block, New Kids on the Block, had that too. Yeah, it's the same. Uh, you guys, I thought there was a video. It was little Kim for me. <laughs> I wish it was little Kim. I wish I saw that video or something. All right, no, I was getting excited. Phil Collins. <laughs> Here's Rod a joke. Stewart. What do Phil Collins and Christian have in common? <laughs> <laughs> Come guzzlers, right? <laughs> Listen, I, I forgot to do this for Patreon while we're on it because we have new new people on there, and we have to shout them out. So I, I want to shout them out. I, sorry, guys, I didn't get to it sooner. But okay, we have uh, three dollar pledges. Are, I guess number two tier now since the other one's number one. Uh, but <laughs> right, I don't know how to do it. I don't know what to call these tiers. You know what I mean? Because the top tier should be number one, the bottom should be number seven. But that sounds silly, right? So. Whatever. How, how uh, about we just say like the the three dollar people are just slightly better than the one dollar people? <laughs> <laughs> okay, and those people are Larry, <laughs> Ryan Pascal, and Biff, Mr. Venom, our homie from um, what? Oh, he's not on that podcast officially. Well, he is on Rad Radio, so yeah, he's on there and a couple others, and he's our homie. Then we have the dollar people are finally in, so thank you. We have Brandon Young, we have Dan Collier. And we have one more, and I'll have to drop that on the next show. Paul Garcia, boom, got him. And uh, Jonathan Watkins, Marco, yeah. All right, we're good. We are good. So lots of people joining. Thank you, thank you, thank you. But I'm, I'm glad I almost thank forgot because I hate to do that because I say yes. it on the page. We say we're going to say their name on the show, and to do it would be a, a disservice to them. Yeah, and when we say that that's the least you can do, we genuinely mean that. The one dollar pledge is actually the least you can do. <laughs> <laughs> but I, but I love the one dollar pledge because if half the people listening could give us the dollar pledge, dude, did, very, dude, very didn't bad. I tell you that I really wanted to push for the dollar pledge? I, I, yeah. I, I that was one of my big ideas. I thought. Yeah, well, you're the only one. He's the only one that ever came up with that. Just like Dave no. with the fucking six point <laughs> seven five. Brandon's like, hey, I got an idea. Maybe we should put out this one dollar pledge. Uh, see no, how it takes. I just feel like I never want to <laughs> beg people for money, and I've heard so many people say, "Oh, I wish I could give more," or "I wish I could give." You know, I just, you know, so. I say stop wishing and start giving. <laughs> yes, less than a cup of coffee or a beer. Yeah. Right. A of yeah. One dollar a month. <laughs> Forget the starving kids. Give to us one dollar. They're used to not eating in those countries. If we start feeding them now, that's irresponsible of us. I, I, I can't. Oh, did okay. I tell you I've been dating this girl from uh, North Africa? We just, uh, we just clicked. Oh. <laughs> Wow. Uh, I knew you were going to do that when you said we just clicked. I knew it. <laughs> Amazing. Whoa. Can I read these emails? Please, yeah, do us all a favor. The listeners are begging you to at this point. Okay. Well, the first one is a, a retort from the Christmas show. Um, 
the director, Paul, got back to us because he listened to the review. He gave us the screener. He listened. He got back to me. So this is from the director of uh, Once Upon a Time at Christmas. He said, okay, just listen to the podcast. Firm but fair review. Thank you guys for taking the time to watch it and review it. Best, Paul. Now, here's the PS. Yep, the budget definitely wasn't a million. Distributors always seem to inflate them on IMDb for some reason. I think they are worried people won't take them seriously unless they have a seemingly big budget. I'm not going to tell you what it is, but I'm going to say it's a fraction of it. We looked at it and said this is a million-dollar budget. They should have done more. It's a fraction of a million-dollar budget. He has a number written here, and he said don't tell anybody. So I said I'll just say that. You know, So it's really not a million-dollar budget. So take that for what you will. It's less than that, and, you know. Isn't that weird, though, that people actually, you know? Super weird, but what a stand-up guy. I mean, he didn't have to get back to us at all. I kind of shit on the movie. Brandon kind of blew it a little bit. Like, you, you know what? I'm still excited to see the sequel. I kind of enjoyed it. <laughs> not saying it's not without issues, right, but, but, but I'm looking forward to it. He could have just said, what a bunch of fucking assholes, and, and just left it there. But no, yeah, he got he back to, to me. He said that about you. Oh, I take it. <laughs> He said you're the, the Phil guy. Collins of our generation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Probably the same guy I was arguing Star Wars with online. <laughs> hey, firm but fair. That's us. I mean, we did it. We did the best we could. We, we said our pros. We said our cons. We're, I mean, we're assholes to each other and, and, and stuff like that, but we would never shit on somebody's someone that sent us a screener. We wouldn't do that. I listened to another podcast that shit all over that freaking movie. Yeah, oh, it sucks. I couldn't finish it. This oh, they freaking tore it up. And this and th- this podcast actually has a website, and they get centers. Yeah, centers. They get screeners sent to them all the time. They don't seem to care. They just say what they want to say. I, I don't think we're I can do firm this. but fair, and they're fat but firm. <laughs> I'm yeah, not saying man. I'm against giving honest criticism, fat. even if you truly don't like a film. But but I don't know if if I'm being sent a screener, the least I'm gonna do is watch the whole film. Amen. Yes. Dude, I listen to a podcast. This guy, these two guys on this on this show, they've walked out of more movies than than I than I've seen in the past month. You know, they oh, I walked out of that one. I can't believe how many podcasts I listen to where they hate every freaking movie. It's like movies that like that we would give like a 6 out of 10, they give like a 2. You know what I mean? There's so many shows like that, a lot of negativity. But whatever. I used to be a lot harsher on films until I started this podcast. I did see a 2018 one that just got released on Netflix last night, and whoosh, it's not oh, good. Man, you know what the crazy thing is about that one? I wanted to see it the minute I saw it pop up. I'm like, yeah. the trailer looks awesome, and everyone is shitting on it. Yeah. I'm, I'm assuming you're talking about Open House. The Open House, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it is shockingly not good, but I will, here, I'll expand. I checked, supposedly... So they didn't inflate the budget here. It supposedly has a budget of $100,000. The movie looked damn good for a $100,000 budget. And I'm like, well, that's good because I love seeing that. I love seeing what $100,000 should get you. So either they decided, well, maybe like maybe they went the opposite room and said, we're going to lower this so people take pity on our movie. I don't know, but I don't know what you gain from that. I'm saying it was 100000 bucks. It had a couple of name faces in there. Uh, but... Ultimately, it uh, the first half kind of dragged out, and the second half kind of had your head scratching. Uh, I won't mm-hmm. go into any, uh, any more details. If we could talk about it on Triple R down the road, uh, I can go into spoiler territory there. But the ending is uh, shocking. 
Really? I kind of give it a, a bit of a boost in a rating because it decided to do what it did with the ending. But at the end of the day, it, it definitely uh, leaves a huge question mark. <laughs> kind of like the feature review we're going to do today, maybe. 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 <laughs> that ending? Uh, I don't know. Huh? Okay. Um, totally, totally explainable. Oh, okay. Right now. I can dig it. All right. Uh, let's get back to this other email. <laughs> sorry. This is from our... No, no. Don't you be sorry. Donnie Knob sent us this email. <laughs> <laughs> is that really his name? <laughs> K-N-A-U-B. Oh, Donnie no. Knob. Oh, Knob. Hey, yeah. I got my Donnie Knobs over here. <laughs> <laughs> it's Donnie Rings' cousin, Donnie Knobs. Hey, Donnie Knob, over here. Yeah, <laughs> nice. Awesome. <laughs> sorry, uh, sorry, Donnie. I honestly had no. Now I'm an a, I am an asshole. That's <laughs> all right. That's all right. Everyone gets 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 their balls busted. That that <laughs> writes or messages. They that they don't know that by now. I don't know what to tell you. Okay, so this is what Donnie said. So just wanted to drop you guys a line and let you know how fun it is listening to your podcast. I've never met any of you guys, but it's like hanging out with my buddies talking horror. Even when you go off topic and start cracking wise, it still holds my interest and cracks me up too, which I can't say for other podcasts. Mm-hmm. Keep up the good work. Look forward to 2018. Rock on, Donnie. Right oh, on. Oh, well, now I now, look like yeah. a big Ooh. asshole. <laughs> Donnie, if you could see my face right now. <laughs> the, the, the shame. Yeah. <laughs> and we've been off track this whole episode. Yeah. That's so. ah, crazy. <laughs> We're, the exploded heads get the groove back. Yeah, I, man. I honestly, like, I know sometimes I come out and I say things and they're always proven wrong, but I feel like I'm killing it tonight. Yeah. Hmm. Mm. Yeah. It makes oh. one of you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, what do you killing, think, Donnie Knob? You're, you're killing you're killing our podcast. <laughs> I haven't noticed that yet. No, but thanks, oh. Donnie. That's great. Yes, yes. Uh, guys, I just I just remembered something. Um I was listening to a podcast the other day and uh, somebody was talking about how the director of a movie called Stomp the Yard is directing some horror movie or something or other. And then it occurred to me. That's why I was thinking Attack the Block was a dance movie. There's a dance movie called Stomp, Stomp the, Yard. the Yard and Attack the Block. Isn't it sound like the same thing, though? Maybe yeah. maybe it's a versus movie. Stomp the Yard right. versus Attack the Block. Is, it, like a, is it a horror dance movie? <laughs> I don't know, but if Stomp the Yard is a dance movie, Deadly couldn't Attack the Block be one, too? Isn't it kind of the same thing? Yeah, it can be. Yeah, but... That's why, that, hence the confusion. It just popped into my head. I was listening. No one crushes baby in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still going off of my horrible joke <laughs> and dance horror movie. That's okay. That's That works. It has not a, been done. It has not been done. Well, that could be a bit in the Exploding Heads horror movie. Right? You could have zombie Patrick Swayze come back. Fucking phenoms. Ooh. No? Yeah. Yeah. We could do it. Or look alike. I'm down. I'm down. We can hit Swayze's. Nobody puts Johnny six feet under. <laughs> <laughs> Too soon. Well, it is. Yeah. It's Swayze. a new year and a new low. <laughs> <laughs> For Mr. New Blood. <laughs> new news. Yes. Okay. Two messages. Two messages from our homie, Jim K., also known as. Jim from Toronto. Toronto. Oh, oh, oh. Toronto. We, holy shit, we're all over the place tonight. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I, I have all the stuff I've been meaning to say to you guys, oh, and I didn't fine. want to say it in chat. I want to say it on the show. You know what I mean? So do you know a guy, Christian, 
that's called Oliver Jewelry that's in Toronto. Yeah, man, he's all over the place. I buy your gold! Cash for gold! Oh, yeah! Do you have good credit, bad credit, no credit? Don't worry. Come to see me if you need a loan. I, Russell, the loan arranger Oliver, will give you a loan immediately. Bring me your gold, diamonds, watches, jewelry, and you will get a loan in a matter of minutes. Oh, yeah! I'm the cash man. Yeah. Dude, I've been watching these videos with my daughter on uh, YouTube, like uh, uh, Talk Mojo top ten list and the top ten most annoying commercials. And that guy came up, and it was like, you know, and he's from, they said he was from Toronto, and he spells jewelry wrong. Even yeah. on, on on the front of the store, he spells it J E W E L L E R Y or something. Like the the store title is freaking spelled wrong. <laughs> I can't believe it. But he he's <laughs> expanded. He's had these commercials forever. And uh, yeah, there they, there's some whacked out commercials. He's wrapped in one of them. He's green in another. He's he's silver. Uh, he's crazy. Canada yeah. should be proud. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Canada. Yeah. Oh, and speaking of How's Canada, that president I, I want to ask you. This. <laughs> okay, the plural of Canadian is what? Canadians. Okay. How come the Montreal Canadiens is spelled with the I E N? The fucking French. That's the French yeah? way to do it. Yeah, it's French. Canadian, yeah. So if you if they're if they're in there if they're in in no one follow the Habs, just delete them out of like the league. That's okay. it. Done. Okay. <laughs> yeah. okay. All right. Just just it's always bothered me because I'm a hockey fan. I and I'm like, why do they pronounce it like a female version? Like there's Canadian and then there's there's Canadian and there's Canadians. If the you know skate fits. Like, right. Right. <laughs> okay. Just making sure. Yeah. So it's a French Canadian thing that only they use. Yeah. All right, Jim K. Let's get back to him. All right, <laughs> we going on a whole big Canada thing. <laughs> okay. Uh, Anything else you want to know, Jim K. Jim uh, K. Hey, Dave. How's it going? Okay, this will be an after episode fifty. Yeah, that's for sure. When the smoke clears. Okay. <laughs> he says top twenty list of the best movie titles of all time. I have a top ten list compiled on my phone notes, and they decided to disappear for some unknown reason. Oh, delete all. Delete all, Jim K. <laughs> So yeah, top twenty list of best movie titles. Stay tuned. That that's an interesting topic, you know. That's a funny yeah. one. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, in that case, you're going for some crazy ones like Death Court Service or whatever. Like, I'm not saying that's going to be on it, but that's just the caliber yeah, that, that you'd probably. That's not. That's not. Oh, you shoot me one there, browse. Okay, attack the block. And hold, and hold, Dick Farm. <laughs> no, that's not scary. It's not a horror. You didn't say scary. You just said most ridiculous horror film titles. He didn't say ridiculous. No, that exist. That exists. Ant Hole Dick Farm. Yes, it's an actual movie. <laughs> yeah, but, best movie title. Oh, best. Uh, uh, this best. guy. Not this really fucking best. guy. Uh, Jaws. Wait for Wait for Jessica. Get get her back and kick this guy off. <laughs> Food of the gods. <laughs> ghost okay. town. Imagine that a town full of ghosts. <laughs> The minute I heard top 10 horror film titles, I'm thinking ridiculous film titles. I'm thinking good titles, like Friday the 13th. Great name for a horror movie, you know? Really? So, I immediately thought comedic-wise. Like, I, I did, too. One of too. the most ridiculous, funny... I could give you a top 20 list of, I see a movie title and I avoid it, and, I, and then I'm shocked why people think they found out, I watched this movie, Attack of the Killer Donuts. It sucked. 
And I'm sitting there listening to this podcast. I'm like, you think? Gee, are you surprised that movie called Attack of the Killer Donuts sucks? I, I don't know. I don't know, but whatever. Maybe if you watch it when you get glazed. <laughs> oh, shit! <laughs> Donut joke! <laughs> wow. <sighs> maybe maybe we should have just retired after episode <laughs> We're too young to retire. No, 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 no. Okay, Jim K. Again. Hey, Dave. Another one for the show. Top 10 list of video slash film distributor logos. My list. United Artist, 1981. Rotating logo with the piano chords. I love that. It reminds me of freaking Rocky. Rocky movies. You know, it was also scary. I remember yes. that one. Like, oh. It was kind of it, it kind of freaked me out as a kid. It too, United Art. It, yeah. That. Yeah. 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 It's a scary. You're right. Media Home Entertainment. The one with the lasers and 3D effect. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nostalgia. You know, CBS, pardon me, CBC, of course, he's Canadian, slash Fox, love the music. <laughs> CBC slash, is he talking about, is that what he's talking about? Fox, 20th century? <laughs> no, that's 20th century Fox, but I don't know if okay. that's what he was referring to there. All right, well, whatever. Uh, Thorn EMI, again, the music for it. I forgot Thorn EMI's music. Hmm. Ain't that a prick in the side? <laughs> Orion. Man. Did you prepare for tonight? <laughs> <laughs> this is all improv. improv. Yeah, oh, no. We <laughs> can tell. We can tell. It's an improv kind of night, right? <laughs> Orion, rotating stars and music again. That's good yeah, stuff. That is a good one, too. New World Pictures, the red slices of a planet Earth. You know what? I always thought that looked like Freddy's fingers. It reminded me of Freddy's fingers. I, I remember that in front of Hellraiser. That's what yeah. I, remember. I always remember that for the Hellraiser films. The mm-hmm. first two, anyway. Good call. Yep. New Line. The film strip and music. Yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah, I like that. Paramount 1980s, of course. Oh, yeah. That's the, the token one. I actually like what Paramount did with it, with they, the newer one, where you're falling with the stars and it's, mm-hmm. they sk- skip across the, the water. But yeah, the, the old school Paramount one was great. Good, evo- good, good evolution with them. But yeah, the yeah. old school with freaking Friday the 13th movies. Oh, God. Yeah, man. Amazing. Uh, TriStar Pictures, 1983. The white horse, the horse running and jumping into the logo. Yeah, another, that's cool. Another one that kind of, that scared me because it's it, it's a white horse, but it, it's just the music and the buildup, I think, and then, da 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 It's not like you're doing Rocky the first second there. Da-da-da. <laughs> it always comes back to fucking Rocky. <laughs> yeah, it does. Good old Rocky. Right now, of course it does. Uh, Blumhouse, the pan of the room with a creepy girl, floating book, etc. I like that. My wife and, actually hates that. Funny enough that you mentioned that. She, I remember oh. her watching because uh, it's at the beginning. Because they distribute, did they distribute Get Out? Yes, they did. Yeah. So when we were watching Get Out together, she was like, "Wow, what the fuck is this?" I'm like, "It's the Blumhouse logo." Yeah, come on. And she's like, "It's horrible." <laughs> she hates everything Blumhouse. <laughs> it's just a logo. It's just a logo. Okay. She loved Get Out. Yeah. Loved it. She goes, how is this not your number one of the year? Whatever. <laughs> That's what she told me. We like what we like, you know? Yeah. Uh, honorable mentions. RKO Pictures. Antenna of the Rotating Earth. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, that thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He does voices and sound effects, Jim K. knew this was going to get Dave beatboxing and doing all these sounds. Fucking Michael Winslow and out here. The old Vestron logo. Blinking lights and V looks like a building. What? <laughs> <laughs> and he gets a what? That's I an email, Jim K. 
And New Year's what? <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that the V looked like a building. That's cool. Okay, so that's that. All right. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Jim K. Yeah, we gotta do. We gotta get into some twenty. So, want to take a break and come back and do the uh, the the uh, which one first? Cults. Cults first. Sound good? Let's do it. Let's right. do it. Be right back. See you on the flips. <laughs> We're back. Um, 20? 20. What was that? That was the sound effect that brings us back in. Oh. Oh. I thought it was my okay. stomach getting pumped from Jizz again. I, I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> Come guzzling. Yeah. Okay. Um, our first top 20 is top 20. How are we going to label this on the show? Films That's featuring the... cults. So it could be yeah. religious cults, satanic cults, any type of cult mentality. Cult cults. Right. Top twenty movies with cults. And we're doing we're just doing round robin, right? Same as always. For, right, the okay. first ten, the last ten. Oh, okay. So I'm going all ten. <laughs> Here we go. Oh. Well, and I, I'll give an honorable mention because honestly, because I hadn't seen those ones from the '70s and I wasn't going to have time to check any of them out. Uh, I at one point had uh, Indiana Jones at the Temple of Doom hovering at my uh, last spot because I'm like. It's not a horror film, but God, oh God, when I was a kid, that scared the shit out of me. And there's a lot of culty shit going on because it is like a cult and there's a heart getting ripped out and this, that, and the other thing. But alas, since I'm not allowed to put it in there, my official number 20 is a film called Last Shift. Came out a couple years ago. Ah, Came out a couple (laughs) years ago. I think you guys recommended it to me. Uh, Yeah, and I really enjoyed it. Now, the cult stuff progresses as the movie goes on and you really don't know much about it till probably more the the, the second half uh but i really enjoyed this film because it follows again a main character in a single location more or less which is a police station and uh they get they're transferring out uh, of the old station into a new and there's like a skeleton crew pretty much her that have to close up the station alex is there <laughs> <laughs> What? <laughs> He's there. He's he is there. And so that came in at my number twenty. My number nineteen is a film you may have heard of called Children of the Corn. Never heard of it. Never heard of it. I actually as a kid wasn't that fond of this movie. Another one of those ones that I watched and you know, Malachi and all that shit, and then as I got older I, it grew on me, especially the first one. And I actually don't mind the sequel, part two, as well. There it gets a little fuzzy. Is that what the sequel's called, part two? Yeah, it's it's funny enough. It's called Children of the Corn. I should call Children of the Corn 2. There's, there probably is a subtitle, but I can't remember it. And you like the uh, the porn parody, Children of the Corn Hole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The break was only 30 seconds. You managed to write a good joke down. <laughs> it, it's, cra- it's crazy. Uh, and I'm... Sh- I'm, I'm Assume it's going to pop up in your list there. Great performances by uh, What's-Her-Face Linda Hamilton. It's just one of those movies that I think at the time, maybe because it came from a short story, that the movie felt like it was kind of dragged out. However, upon rewatch, it's a fun, scary flick. It's a good cult because he's great as a cult leader. That yeah. Did. Yeah, you man. Know, freaking Isaac, he's badass. Yeah. Another one, my number 18 is one of Dave's favorites, The Sacrament. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I like this movie 
found footage. I don't care if it's a rip off the Jonestown because I thought they did a great job. I thought it was great, pre great presentation there. I don't know if we're supposed to be giving ratings with these movies, but if we are, so far all of these are seven out of tens. But again, it's the it's the the way that they use the found footage here to penetrate and do the penetrate Jonestown. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the Jonestown esque and Motormouth Jonestown. <laughs> also, how. It does get really creepy. I, Dave, I really don't know why what your hate is for this movie because I thought they did I, they did a really good uh, sort of play on what we know of the story. I, I know it's not supposed to be official document, uh, and it's it's, it's, that's why right? it's a rip it's a, off. It's a rip it's a off. Rip off. Right. If they acknowledge and, and, and that, say this is going to be loosely based on Jonestown, at, right at the beginning, a disclaimer, right. so fact, you probably would be like, oh, this is a really good film. But then I would have known what to expect when you're going into a movie and you're watching a movie and then all of a sudden you know what's happening around every turn. And, and suddenly I say to myself, if they break out Kool-Aid next, I'm shutting this fucking movie off because it, it's almost like. And I know I'm sounding dramatic, but Even I don't know. Another, another way to put it, especially. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's oh, like God. Russell Oliver. Everything's oh, yeah, tonight. <laughs> great presentation I, again when shit hits the fan at the end and they're doing the found footage I thought they played around with that great I never found it forced or or, or anything and I, again I know it's not on your found footage list but this one would definitely be on mine uh, my number 17 is a film we reviewed once called The Sentinel ah, I I liked Balchian. it again Balchidian cult uh, and <laughs> I mean, we went into way more detail on this too and I, I know these top 20s I'm, I always kind of at a loss because I I kind of just list and move on. But in this case, we actually did review this on an old episode. So you could check out the back catalog and check out our full review of the Sentinel and why Dave will never be able to watch it again. Yes. True. <laughs> no, number 16 is a movie I've watched twice and not recently, but it's Stanley Kubrick's eyes wide shut. And I actually like this movie, and I think the reason I like this movie so much is I had a friend go check it out and came back and said, what a piece of shit. Like, what we were talking about earlier. Openly dismissed the movie, thought it was absolute garbage, and, you know, I heard rumors. Remember, Kubrick had passed away, and I think uh, Cruz kind of worked with someone else to, to finish the movie, but as close as they could to, to Kubrick's vision and shooting script and whatnot. This, I love this movie. I thought the score is great, although it's not going to show up on another list later. And it's very creepy and haunting throughout. If you haven't checked out this movie because of maybe because of Tom Cruise being in it, you're doing yourself a disservice and you, you owe it to yourself to check out this film. Yeah, but Nicole Kidman's hot in it. And Nicole Kidman's hot in it, too. I forgot about that. Number 15 is Helter Skelter from 1976. Nice. So this one comes in at... Uh, a 7.5. Uh, this one I saw when I was really young. It was actually in the cult section of the video store I was at, but as in cult films, movies that sort of got, gained a notoriety uh, as they went on. And it happened to be, of course, about the uh, infamous uh, Manson murders. And I mean, it is, it's creepy. The guy who plays Charlie Manson is fucking spot on. There's, you know that the, the bit of trivia, if I'm not mistaken, is that Martin Scorsese was offered that role? The director? Martin Scorsese was off, offered the role. To direct freaking Helter Skelter? No, to play the part. Of Manson? I, I, I didn't understand it either. I, I, I read the trivia piece <laughs> over and over. I'm like, I'm reading this correctly, right? <laughs> it's hysterical. Yeah. So when you guys read your your, your list again, I'm going to double check it and then we'll put it to the page. But yeah, I thought that was weird too. I thought, oh, for directing. But no, it was to play the role. That's 
ridiculous, but okay. <laughs> Especially since Railsbad did so did so well. My God. <laughs> uh, number fourteen uh, is a very very disturbing film called Kill List. And... Oh, I still haven't seen it. It's on my it's on my list. Yeah. No pun intended. <laughs> oh, you're uh, yeah. major list, and you haven't seen it. <laughs> well, well, I'll joking aside, because it, it, it shifts gears completely as it builds. It really does become a totally different movie in the second half. But the way it's presented to you is also kind of discordant as well. It's not, yeah. it's not as linear as as most movies. But it's truly a haunting piece, and the stuff at the end is is very tense. And that's where, like, the movie's great throughout. But the ending is, it's a great payoff. Not for everybody, though. Again, same friend who hated Eyes Wide Shut also hated Kill List when I recommended it to him. Was it Vince? No. Gotcha, gotcha. Number 13 is uh, The Believers. Always loved this flick. Martin Sheen. You guys guys have both seen it, correct? I've never seen it. It was on my list to watch, but I haven't seen it. Years ago, I need to rewatch it. If you have a fear of spiders, you probably want to stay clear. Really? Yeah. Number 12 is... uh, a segment from VHS2 called Safe Haven. Nice. <laughs> it is great. Everything from the presentation, because we know VHS uh, is an anthology film of uh, found footage segments. If you didn't know that, then I just told you, uh, but I don't know where you've been. And this probably is the best segment, uh, definitely out of the second film, possibly out of the trilogy. Uh, totally possible. The way you they, they introduce the cult leader and what they're what they're trying to do, and then when they actually get to the compound and how it plays out, shit literally hits the fan. Well, actually, it doesn't literally hit the fan. Shit hits the fan, and it's an all-out blood fest. A minor misstep with the creature. I don't want to say too much, but yeah, I gave it an 8 out of 10, and it, it is definitely something... A, it's only like 30, 35 minutes long, so it's a quick watch, and you'll you'll probably revisit it over and over and over again. And then my number 11 is Holy Blood, or I I, I hope I'm saying the, the, the right name, Santa Sangre? Sangre? Yeah. Oh, that movie. Yeah. Nice. And now, Joe Dawarski? Joe Dawarski. Yeah. All of his movies, like we're talking about the dude that did Tag and uh, Hair Extensions. Why can't I? So, uh, Sonny. 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 Yeah, Sonny. Sonny Bono. <laughs> just like him all of this guy's flicks are worth checking out they're 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 head scratching moments throughout lots of stuff to decipher and and to and to figure out never a dull watch but just something that it's almost an experience now i've seen this twice and i gotta tell you it's a crazy fucking movie i'll say that it might be his easiest movie to follow (laughs) compared to like the holy mountain and and some of his other movies but uh it's definitely an acquired taste not for everybody but but the payoff is great and uh, i gave this a solid uh well eight out of ten as well and if i'm being cryptic it's because again when we're doing these list movies i don't want to spoil anything no that that was actually really good because i i remember us doing these 2020s and we just sort of read through our list real quickly so i feel like you definitely gave a lot more description than i'm going to be given but well, i was worried because I, I always think i go too quickly you know so I, I try to walk that fine line but that's fine i'll go quicker next time that's i'm gonna sure. no i'm gonna be you tonight i'm gonna be like <laughs> number 20 number 19 well you know what let me just say one thing about that uh, what I like about these top 20 shows is that every time we do them, at least I know what happens to me is you guys mention something and it's a lot of times a movie that I forgot to put on the list or one 
that I haven't seen or, you know, and, and a lot of times I forgot to put it on because I didn't interpret it in that same manner. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, that would be a cult. You know what I mean? So I love doing these kind of shows because it gets, it gets, you know, me. Yeah. It'll make me rewatch films or sometimes watch films for the first time. So it's, yeah, I like it. It's good stuff. Cool. All right. I'm up next and I'm not really as prepared as i thought i was i guess because <laughs> i don't have ratings or as detailed it's okay uh, wing it i don't either i, I think i skipped i think i skipped some ratings anyway yeah it i don't really i don't nothing. have ratings for these i just say check all these out coming in at number 20 is a made for tv movie from 1973 called satan's school for girls which features two-thirds wow. of um charlie's angels as kate jackson and cheryl ladnett about a young woman investigating her sister's suicide at a private girls' school and finds herself battling a satanic cult. Nothing shocking, but it was just a fun little made-for-TV 70s Satan film that I recently <laughs> checked out. I was like, you know what? It deserves a mention. I'm putting it at number 20. And the t- made-for-TV didn't take away from it? Uh, you could tell it's made-for-TV. It's very tame, but I still found myself enjoying it. Number 19, House of the Devil. There you go. Yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, we talked about this one. This one continues to grow on me. It really oh. does. I know it's only at 19, and my order here is crazy, but, like, once I got to, like, my top 10, I knew, like, these were the 10 that I wanted to really point out there. But but House of the Devil's a great film. We've talked about it before. Check it out. Number 18, and this could easily be higher, but End of the Line. Mm. A oh. fantastic film. Super underrated film. A, a film I would talk about if I ever did a Hidden Gems Part 2 because it's, you know, it's a supernatural film and then has called elements with it. Within uh, the subway system, correct? Yes. Is one? Okay. Funny yeah. you should say that about it being a hidden gem because we did that on uh, the ABC's A Hidden Horror. So oh, Brian, did you? Yeah, nice. Brian brought that one to the table and it was the first time I saw it, so it was a little over a year ago. And good film, definitely. Yeah. Number 17. Brotherhood of Satan, another first-time watch for me, 1971, I believe. Good film, Killer Kids. Is that the one with, um, is there a famous actor in that one? No, are you thinking of um, Devil's, are you thinking of Devil's Reign with uh, Ernest Borgnine? Yeah, Borg Ernest Borgnine, and then there was another one, Peter Fonda was in it or something, or is that the same movie? Oh, no, we'll get to that one. <laughs> okay, yeah, I, I, I kind of ignored those films because I figured they weren't as horror as, as I thought they would be, and I, 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 I opted to watch a few others, which, you know, they will show up on my list, so I'm glad I watched them. The movie you're talking about, is that the one that has to deal with senior citizens and kids or no? No, this one, Brotherhood of Satan, takes place with a family getting trapped in this town where mm-hmm. nobody can leave, and the children are being recruited to worship <laughs> Satan. Okay. It's a, it's really a cool premise because they're like stuck in this town, and this one family tries to leave the town, but every time they try to leave, their car breaks down or something happens that forces them back, and like right. everyone's aware that they can't leave the town, but they don't know what's going on or what to do, and you know, it's, it's a really cool film, definitely worth checking out, and that's Oof. from 1971. Uh, that was 16. Number, number, that was 17. Number 16, Jug Face. There you go. Nice. Nice. Had to be on here. Had to be on here. Good stuff. Underrated. Was, yeah, very underrated. And yeah. actually one I, I didn't get a chance to rewatch this time, but I knew the minute we said cold films, I'm like, this one popped up immediately in my head. So mm-hmm. definitely go and check that one out. Number 15, Children of the Corn. I'm with you, Christian. Never... As a kid, was it like one of my favorites? But it's definitely grown on me, especially when you see the sequels. <laughs> <laughs> After part two, which I think is yeah, part, subtitle, yeah. we're all ears, but I'm not. 
Oh, corn. I got you. You leave. You leave. You leave. You you leave the comedy to me. Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) He couldn't even spit it out. You leave. You leave. Well, no, he was laughing. I thought he wanted me to leave. I'm waiting for him to stop his freaking cum guzzling joke. Cum guzzling. (laughs) Number fourteen. One of the scarier cult films on the list the conspiracy ah, yeah beautiful oh christian i turned you on to that one didn't you I? did that's one i that's i want to pick up i i don't own that one it's fantastic number, movie. Thir- yeah. number 13 Canadian. starry eyes nice another beautiful yeah and if you enjoy neon demon starry eyes is a fun is a film for you this number- is more in your face as far as it being a cult film and, yeah, you know. and for those that argue with the Neon Demon not being horror enough, Starry Eyes would be definitely more horror-centric. Well, yeah, but... <laughs> yeah. Well, no, just, you know, because there's the assholes out there that need to have Fuck that. <laughs> Fuck them. <laughs> uh, number 12, The Witch. Yeah. Get a clackety. Yeah, have to put it on there. Good call. Thank you. And number 11, one of my favorites, Halloween 3. Season of the Witch. Holy fuck, I didn't even think about that for this. I don't even know why I didn't think of that. This must be the season of the witch. Oh, and honorable yeah. mention for uh, Secretariat, because that is one scary cult. <laughs> I... <laughs> the horse? <laughs> is he a horse or a cult? A cult? Oh, I got you. Oh. Okay. Like the Wow. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Well, good stuff. And I'll tell you what, I had Halloween 3 on my list and I decided to bump it. I wanted to be, there was a a certain few movies that I didn't want anyone to take any umbrage with. So even though Ellen Grimbridge is in the movie, I don't want anyone to take umbrage with Grimbridge. So I I took her off the list. Sure, umbrage is a real word. Yeah, there it is. Yes, and Grimbridge is a real character, and uh, I love her. But I, I, I bumped it off the list because, uh, you know, I just didn't want anyone to say anything and think it didn't count. But then again, when you hear a couple on my list, they, you might laugh at those two. So as much as I love Halloween 3, I, I, I left it off. But there's not much left for me to say here. Okay, uh, number 20, Jugface has already been brought up. So Lauren Ashley Carter, one of her earlier roles. Great stuff. Uh, Larry Fessenden, uh, interesting story with uh, the sacrifice and, and the, the jug faces, if you will, and interesting film. Check not, it out. Uh, not to be confused by Jizz Face, which is Brandon Orley's story. <laughs> <laughs> jizz Face and Cum Guzzler. <laughs> Here I am with these two guys. What is this show? <laughs> Those are our dance names when we get back to block. <laughs> uh, and all these movies up until I tell you when are right around the seven, seven and a half area. So number 19, Lord of illusions. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. Yeah, thank, uh, again, thanks Christian for making sure Dave and I watched the correct version. <laughs> <laughs> I got it on blue. You've had a year, two years to go to check it out again. I yeah. got it on blue now. Yeah. I got the shout. Yeah, dude, the screen factor that that's unrated. I got that shit. Yeah, but yeah. he screwed us for the feature review. True. 50 but... episodes ago. <laughs> yeah, I know. But he still turned me on to watch the movie again, so I got to get him turned you on? Oh. He doesn't do much Momentary. for me. <laughs> it's my shirt. Number 18. Uh, people are going to be surprised that where I put it, I think, because everyone seems to really love it. 
and something happened the last time I watched it where I was I was watching it and I was enjoying it but my wife was in the room and I was thinking to myself you know what if she was paying attention to this movie she might look at me and say what the fuck are you watching because no, I know what it musical is. numbers and weird shit and everything else and ultimately the wicker man I think is a good movie but I think if you take away that ending it's just okay and I know that might sound sacrilegious to some people. I still enjoy it. It's on my list. I just I'm, I I know I'm a little lower than most people think about it. I'm but. taking Green Bridge or Umbridge or whatever bridge. <laughs> Green with this. Bridge. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I did that, but you know how there's an expression: a movie is only as good as the last time you watched it. And just the last time I watched it, I just got a weird feeling. And I've seen the movie several times. It's just. It is what it is. Uh, um, 17, end of the line. I thought I'd be the only guy that had this movie. Wow, man. I got to check this out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Good stuff. I it know so much about way. it. I haven't seen it. Okay. Well, it starts off one way and ends up going into something else, and then you, you're, you're, you're left pondering, and it's a thought-provoking yeah, it's film. A, yeah, it's a real thought-provoking film. You know? Uh, and, and Jug Face it was another one that we did on ABC's A Hidden Horror and End of the Line. So that's two right there. So, good stuff. I'm pimping that show tonight because, hey, we covered them. All right, uh, number 16, first time watch, The Devil Rides Out. Uh, good stuff. I wanted to get to this one. You didn't want to watch that, remember? Because you thought it was about a devil riding out on a horse. Because of the title. <laughs> yes. If a title turns me off, I don't want to I think it was a cult. That. He rode out on a cult. <laughs> That's a <laughs> double cult, though. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. how you tell a cult joke. <laughs> 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 Christopher Lee good stuff you know it's a cult right away five minutes into the film you know what's going on and it's good something about these older films sometimes and I mentioned this on the Patreon video when I discussed um, Black Sunday and I know what my issue with these films I don't want to say issue but it seems like older films everything is a little bit too convenient and I think for for that reason, I can't make any of these movies like 10 out of 10s. Like uh, people praise the, these older films, like, like I said, Black Sunday or maybe the, Devil's, the Devil Rides Out. There's just some things that happen in these films that, I don't know, it just seems too convenient for me for filmmaking. Like nowadays, if you saw that, people would pick it apart. But those movies, they don't seem to. And I don't know. But anyway, it's a good movie. Uh, 16, that was 16, pardon me. 15, The Conspiracy. Really good uh, nice. mockumentary type film with with an excellent conclusion. Oh uh, man, it's so scary that isn't it? Yeah, yeah oh it's my really God. cool. We should cover it someday, maybe. That's good stuff. I would do that. Uh, Fourteen. This is a first time watch, and it really impressed me. Blood on Satan's Claw. It's a period piece. Uh, very <laughs> cool. Very. I well watched. Done. I watched it as well for the first time, and I was actually it just missed my list, but I was actually very impressed with it as well. It was good. I mean, I ended up liking it more than Devil Rides Out, and I, I was just—it's just my type of film. It was just the uh, the way it sleazier, definitely, and and yeah. a real cult. And that girl, Marona Mia, Ooh. yeah, and she's of age. She's playing a schoolgirl, but you know, yeah, there a were kid. a couple of girls in there that were uh... right. Oh yeah, but it goes places. It's good stuff. Thirteen House of the Devil. We've we've already said that, of course. Yes. Twelve Starry Eyes. That's been brought up, and eleven. Member berries and all. The Void. That's a cult film. I, I got another one I wasn't even really thinking about with the, and I just mentioned it in the last episode about freaking cults. I'm a fucking See? idiot. Buddy, no comment. So I'll tell you, they're they're like eight. They're like um, you know, eight 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 and a half area. You know what I mean? They're a little higher than the ones below it. But there I am. All right. 
I can't fucking believe I don't have the void on this list. I can't believe it. I'm a wow. fucking idiot. Well, the list is now void because yeah. of that. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, null and void. Number 10, The Conspiracy. It's on all three of our lists. Beautiful movie. Love it. Mockumentary and all. Uh, you definitely check it out. Great found footage cult film. Number nine, Kevin Smith's Red State. Good call. Once again, I read a review that was against it from the get-go, maybe because Kevin Smith directed it, didn't want to have anything to do with it, and they just tore it to pieces. I went in, and I loved everything about it. I thought I loved the way he, the, the story unfolded with the guys, the prank, and dude from Tarantino Films that was also in Tusk. I'm not doing him any service. Now. I think he passed away, but he's absolutely phenomenal as the actor. Like Michael Parks. Thank you. Yep. For uh, And he's incredibly creepy and engaging as the uh the main the, the leader as yeah well. that's a great, great film in fact i was i thought i had it on my list i was just looking i'm like i know i have this on my list somewhere but it's not there for some reason it's, so. isn't it funny and i and me with the damn void or other things but then that's what happens sometimes with these things you jo- i juggled this list around i was trying to put them in the order of the ratings and everything like that and uh, ultimately uh it ended up at number nine uh number eight was starry eyes we brought it up low budget a little like some amateurish parts, but overall, uh, it plays out, and the ending is super creepy, and it's like kind of like a, a, a like a lower budget neon demon, as you already mentioned, I think. But sure. don't let that take it away. That that actually adds to its charm. It works oh, for people, the movie. Most people prefer to the neon demon or yeah. the minority. Yeah. <laughs> I get. Well, I give it nine, eight and a half. Sorry, out of ten. Story eyes. Number seven is House of the Devil. I, I've blown this on the show before. All I know is I talked about it because I know BC hates this movie with a passion. And it's a no, solid nine it. out of ten. We reviewed it. Yeah. Love it. Slow burn and all. Love it. I don't care if the girl's walking around the house uh, for you know a quarter of the movie. They, it, it works for me and it, it adds tension. Uh, great flick. Number six is The Invitation. Again, we did a full review of this. Brandon absolutely loves it. I think it was his number one of last year. So I don't know if there's going to be too much uh, surprise. I can't even spit out what I was going to say. Too much jizz in my mouth. (laughs) Stutter much? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I I don't think it's going to be too much of a surprise when he has his number one. But yeah, great flick. Uh, Definitely worth checking out. Nine out of ten. And and rightfully so. Uh, Number five is The the Wicker Man. Kind of like Dave. I I really enjoyed this movie. I mean, I have a significantly higher than Dave does. Uh, I give it a 9 out of 10. It's incredibly creepy. Uh, it is slower paced, but it's fucking weird, too. And if anybody's checked it out, obviously, Nicolas Cage rocks in this. <laughs> obviously, obviously, I'm talking about the original and not the Nicolas Cage remake. Um, you have to be in the mood for the film. I get it, because it's not. It, there's films lower on your list that you'd rather watch. But yeah. in terms of encompassing a cult film or a film yeah. about cults, I mean, it's it's one of the best in yeah. terms of that. For sure. And I'm very high on the next one, as you guys both know. And my number four is Lord of Illusions. Uh, nice. Phenomenal movie. And and again, it, 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 another movie that really uses the cult. It might go into a little, um, I guess, cliche territory with the, with the way it, the way that they deal with the cult aspect of it, but it's still creepy. It's still incredibly creepy. And if you do see the director's cut, we'll have that extra minute and a half, two minutes, and there's a whole sequence there of the cult followers killing their families off to head back to the leader, and it, it's absolutely chilling. Uh, number three is Suspiria. Nice. What can I say? Another 
And I'll say almost perfect, but I've given it a perfect score, Dario Argento film. And the reason for that is the imperfections actually work for him. I know that if that sounds wacky, it is wacky, but I said the same thing about opera, where that whole fucked up ending with the man- man- the mannequin-y ending, if you remember, <laughs> the mannequin oh, yeah. ending, I still give that movie a 10 out of 10, as I do Suspiria. Both of them are classic. Suspiria is the closest thing to like a living nightmare, I think, and and a dr- very dreamlike. The way the use of colors, phenomenal movie. I, I, again, I think I'm preaching to the choir here with our audience. Uh, ten out of ten, like I said. Christian, My, I think it's pronounced Manicarino. Manicarino. Yeah. <laughs> was that what it is? I think it was Manicarino. Manicarino. <laughs> I think we use both actually. And then number two is a movie we also did as a group, and that's Rosemary's Baby. And I gave that a nice, chunky 10 out of 10. Uh, <laughs> we all blew it. Although a, a, 19, a 1968, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe it was 1968, the movie, other than the fashion, doesn't feel dated. It actually still plays out beautifully. And when I was researching these movies as well, and other ones that I may have missed, I think a 76 film, which I'm interested in checking out, is the sequel to this. Whatever happened to... <laughs> To uh, Rosemary's Baby, yeah. whatever happened to... I can't wait to check that out. I don't care if it's shit. I want to check that out. And my number one film, should come as no surprise, it's Martyrs. 10 out of 10. The cult uh, aspect of this is done quite differently from some of the other ones we've spoken about, but it's a cult nonetheless. And this movie is a sucker punch to your soul. Yes, it oh, is. How long did you work on that one for? Oof. <laughs> I was going to try to work hyperbole into that too, to... <laughs> Hyperbole. Because fuck hyperbole. <laughs> the hyperbole is next week because the week after that's the Super Bowl. That's right, baby. <laughs> the hype train. Right. There, there be my list. <laughs> no, a lot of uh, a lot of repeats, so I should be able to breeze through my list pretty quickly. But at number ten, I've got Kill List. Nice. Yeah, it definitely needs to be checked out. Number nine, I don't think anyone's gonna have it because I'm not sure if anyone considers it horror, and I consider it encompassing of all genres but i had to put it on here because it's just such a fucking phenomenal film and that's hot fuzz hot fuzz i never saw oh it. yeah well yeah it's a genre uh, mashup again and, and yeah, yeah. I, I mean i don't think anyone would probably normally put this on there but i had to i love this film so much no, it's Wait, got no. gore and it's got a cult aspect yeah yeah hot jizz just show, just show <laughs> <laughs> Number eight, VHS two, Safe Haven. Yeah. You too, son of a bitch. I didn't put it on because it was a short. Damn it. Good call, though. Great, great, great one. Yeah. Number seven, first time watch for me. I'm glad I finally watched it. Black Sunday. There you go. I never yeah. seen it. Man, great atmosphere, great performance from Barbara Steele, great set pieces. It's it definitely has a little bit of a slower pace to it. Those those film those older films just do. And, and convenience, buddy. Convenience. Yeah, like yeah, I, yeah. Trap door at that one scene. This guy and this girl meet. They fall in love instantly. Just, I'm not, I'm not complaining. It's not, I think, I think they were working, 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 <laughs> working with like simpler ideas back then. Yeah, I guess so. I, I was embarrassed. I had never seen it, but it really was a great film and uh, one I look forward to revisiting. Number six, one I had seen before, revisited. Man, what a fucking great film. Race with the Devil. This is the Peter Fonda film that uh, Dave was referencing earlier. Man, phenomenal. Check it out if you haven't. Such an awesome buildup. Such a great 
climax. It's horror for real? <laughs> I, I just figured it wouldn't be horror, but I figured it'd be an action flick. You know, I just, Who wins? <laughs> <laughs> Who gets the gold? Oh, shit. I don't appreciate your attitude. <laughs> yes, it's hard. Okay. I consider it hard. Yes. Oh, fair number five. You. Number five. And I don't know why I put this at number five. I just decided, you know what? I'm not going to go conventional because it's been number one on so many lists for me. Martyrs. Yeah. I just felt like, am I really going to have Martyrs at my number one again? Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were thinking of digging me. Because I did have well, it. It's kind of a dig at you. Yeah. you know, <laughs> oh, okay, whatever the invitation. <laughs> number f- number four, Suspiria. There you go. Yeah, already been talked about. I'm sure Dave will blow it in a few minutes when he has it as his number one. <laughs> number, <laughs> number three, The Wicker Man. Like I said, oh. films I've mentioned before that I'd rather watch over The Wicker Man, but this encompasses everything that a film about cults is and should be. Number two, wise ass, the invitation. <laughs> oh, uh, I eat my jizz. Eat your jizz. That's <laughs> <laughs> a great film. Oh my god! <laughs> but I felt like my number one, having withstood the test of time, like you said, Rosemary's Baby, just edged it out, especially for now, given the fact that it's just been such an amazing film for fifty years. Yeah, it's fifty. Are they going to put something out this year? Well, it's already got a Criterion release. remake. I know it does. It does have a Criterion. <laughs> yeah, it does have a Criterion already. So who knows? Maybe another. You would think that for a fifty something big would happen, but yeah, we'll maybe. See. You never know. Maybe on June sixth, six six. Oh, there you go. Maybe I can, I can dig it. All right, speak. Well, okay, that's coming up. Good. I got movies on my list that other people don't have, so there there are a few left. So that that's cool. And I did not put on. Um, like I said, I, I, the safe haven I think is great. I mean, if I wanted to include it, it'd probably be in the top ten. I think I love that. Okay, number ten is a movie called The Guyana Tragedy. It's a TV movie, nineteen eighty. This is the Jonestown story, but it, it's fictionalized. It's a great film. It, it's not easy to get a hold of, but um, it was a miniseries. It's really good. Powers Booth is phenomenal is uh, Jim Jones, and it's really a must-see. If you can get your hands on it, I, hi- I highly recommend you watch that film. It's it's pretty uh, pretty eerie shit, especially since it's based on reality, you know? Uh, <laughs> number nine, Paranormal Activity 3. Um, you could say the marked ones, because the, you see more of the cult in there, but it's really introduced in the third, and I it's my favorite in the series, so I'm throwing it in there. They end up turning this series into a series about a cult. That is true. Uh, Why am I forgetting all this shit? Because you're stupid. You should have different lists. It's it's good this way. I I, I anticipate, you know, when I make these lists, hoping they have like 10 that you guys don't. You forgot too. I never told on me before. I'm just stupid. (laughs) What was the uh, Jim Jones one? Because I had read about that one, but I'd never seen it. The Guyana Tragedy. And then you said it's a miniseries? Yeah, it's like three hours and change. There's another one that came out in 79 called, um, oh, what's it called? I think it's just called Guyana and then something else. But this one's the superior film. And then Michael Jackson did that cover, Dirty Guyana. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Cancel. You know what? I'm just going to fire myself from yeah, the show. Please. <laughs> I'm going to wake Frankie up now. Yeah, go get her. I'll tell her. Huh, what? Huh, huh? She's probably listening, going. It's 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 my time. 
<laughs> just waiting. Yep. Okay, number eight, Lords of Salem. Uh, oh, yeah. Much like Black Sunday, same idea here. You know, uh, someone is accused of witch of being a witch. They're killed, and then these people are trying to recruit them later. Actually, this is more of a cult than than Black Sunday. You know, because you see yes. them a lot more going on. But I'm glad I'm the only guy that has it because I do love that film. Seven Helter Skelter, another film that I love, but we have watched it many times and we'll watch it many more times. Another miniseries. Six The Invitation, and these movies here are all um, you know eight. Eight and a half to nine. And then the next five are all 10 out of 10s. Uh, number five is Martyrs. Number four is The Omen. Definitely Cult. Uh, yeah, was, yeah. Like I yeah. said, I just excluded all the 76 films. Just Gotcha. But yeah, I really just, didn't have to. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Martyrs, The Omen. Uh, number three, The Witch, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, Rosemary's Baby. Ah, I was right. <laughs> number one is <laughs> yes <laughs> there's a lot out there i'll be honest i you know i was nervous making this list because I, I don't feel like i've seen nearly enough but I, I really got into it and i'm looking forward to checking out more yep this was oh. tough yeah, like it's like you guys had like halloween three didn't even i didn't even think of putting it on my list even like the witch i i kept off lords of salem would have been on there for sure i took those i uh, didn't have those on and like and the paranormal activities and think about it because I'm stupid evidently, but <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm looking forward. I don't know if it, the miniseries has started yet or if it's coming soon. But Waco, I think it's out soon. Yeah, I think it's starting very soon. Actually, yeah. six part oh, four nice. four six part that looks intriguing for sure too. Wow, Did you I didn't say know it was four six part four or six part. I can't oh, remember. Okay. Yeah. Oh, oh, speaking of that, uh, Brandon. Did you yeah. you said cults American Horror Story because I have watched it since you said you were like maybe halfway through it you said it was your favorite how how do you end up on that on that show you know what I I just feel like this has been common with with uh, American Horror Story for me is that the ending always just feels a little bit of a letdown it's still a great show I, I would probably rank it in my top three I still yeah. think Mur- Murder House is my favorite okay. and I still and I still have to see Hotel. Oh, okay. Well, it ends up being my number three as well. I really enjoyed it. Uh, Hotel is my favorite. Asylum is my second in, in that now cults. So I, I quite enjoyed that. Evan okay. Peters is fucking extraordinary. Oh, he's yeah, he's phenomenal in it. He is, man. He's, yeah. he's, a, he's a great actor, and he's, you know, he's the show now, straight up. He's the freaking, he's the lead dog on that show. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I just thought of it because I knew you were talking about it a little while back. Okay, should we take a break or go right into our review? Oh, let's go okay. into our review. Let's, let's go into our review. Okay, we are going to our we are going into our review. Ooh, this movie. Give us the deets. Is... <laughs> our feature review is Anguish from 1987, directed by Biggest Luna. I I don't think that's how you say his name, but it sounds funny saying it that way. You are not the Biggest Luna. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. A controlling mother uses telepathic powers to send her middle-aged son on a killing spree. That's the bee's description. It gets a lot more complicated than that. I wouldn't say complicated, but a lot more detailed than that. Yeah, engulfed, engorged. You might want to have that looked at. It's so engorged. This was a first-time watch for me. Me too. Well, and I told you guys on chat, and I'll tell the audience now, that I... I had this on Laserdisc. I love 
talking about my old school Laserdisc collection, as you all know. And not only did I have it on Laserdisc, but I got it for like a buck ninety five or like two ninety five. It was it was like super cheap. They just had it like in a get rid of section. And I'm like, what? I've only watched this movie twice, and that that oh, sorry, watched it twice with the laser disc, and then I rewatched it for the show. There was stuff that I I forgot. I remember the obviously the the premise, the film film within the film, and the chaos near the end. But there's a lot of other things that I forgot in the movie, like how fucking annoying Poltergeist Zelda chick is in this. <laughs> oh, I love her. I swear, the first time we see her, she's like, "Hurry, catch him! Hurry, <laughs> catch him!" Hurry! I think they repeated it like three times. I'm like, the editor is just fucking with us right now. Yeah, well, we, did, we did spend ten minutes trying to get the bird. <laughs> Be careful! Don't hurt him. Slowly. <laughs> Be careful! Don't hurt him. Slowly. <laughs> I do just listen to a half hour of Christian doing that instead of reviewing the film. But. <laughs> That's a precursor to what comes later. That's how she has to deal with her son. She has to do all that repeating because that, yes, it touches into her hypnosis and the way she handles it later. Because later on, she's saying the same shit. Because, yes, she is saying, catch him, catch him. And then later on, she's like, what what the hell is he saying? (laughs) Uh, Feel it. It makes you strong. Feel it. It makes you strong. (laughs) That's Brandon's pickup line. (laughs) (laughs) Kiss it. It makes you strong. (laughs) But no, this is a a great blurring of the lines of reality movie and using film within a film as sort of like the, the launching pad for that. And again, for the first 20 minutes, if this is your first time watch, you have no clue of film unless you've, Read the description. Right. You don't even know it's a film within a film. The first well, 20 well, minutes plays out straight. Then suddenly we're in an audience. And see, that is ingenious. I was say, this, this wasn't spoiled for me, but I knew this was the film within a film. So I'm, I, even though I hadn't seen it, I'm waiting to see how it's going to play in. And I thought them bringing it in 25 minutes into the film. I'm like, it wasn't jarring. It was just like, oh, I was just getting into that storyline, that yeah. film. And then they give me this new film and I'm into this film. But ultimately, I'm like, man, they had two good films here, but neither one, like, I wanted more of both. I wanted these to be, like, two separate films. I think the reason for that, Brandon, and and, I'm speaking for you here, so I'll tell you why maybe I didn't. Dave, maybe you might find this, too. So the audience where the girl's scared and and the friend is there and everything like that, the killer that ends up getting introduced is really creepy, but he uses a gun to kill everybody, which I think he should have been emulating the murders within the movie. And it's funny, if you read some descriptions, he's yeah. just saying he is emulating the murders in the movie. He's not. He's just shooting people. He's emulating they, the story of the mother yeah, yeah. when he's doing the killing. But yes. he's not emulating the method of kill, which yeah. is a great idea with cutting out of eyeballs. And why a gun yeah i'm 100 percent. was you said everything i was gonna say because that is that is an issue with it it would have been better served as a horror film without the without the gun because it's always gunplay with this guy i could see having the gun to shoot the uh the people at first that are working in the theater like oh you've been here so many times it would be hard for him to you know jump through the glass and freaking stab somebody and (laughs) it it would be too much it's in the middle of the day it's a good jarring kill too so i get yeah i agree like 
Those two kills for sure. Because it's creepy when he gets dragged into the washroom and everything. But then he should have. It should have been more knife play, or scalpel play. Yeah, I'm into that. A little bit more knife play and breath play. Yeah, (laughs) especially for you. How about this one? You guys ever see See No Evil? And Hear No Evil with Richard Pryor and. uh, (laughs) (laughs) That's a good one too. But I'm talking about WWE Studios with Kane as the killer. The slash. Yes. Yes. One and two. But yeah, I never, I never saw it too. It was junk. I, I think somebody watched that movie, watched this movie, and, and kind of did a thing and see no evil because you kind of have the same thing, a domineering mother and the whole eyeball thing. I yeah. Like, yes, uh, Jacob, good night. And <laughs> I thought this was very demons. Did you guys get demons from this? Like, Certainly. I mean, I understand I, the, the literal, the movie takes place in a theater, of course, but even with like the action happening on screen and how it's affecting the people in the theater as well. Yeah. Uh, fade, to bl- fade to black a little bit. Exactly. Yeah. Fade to black I actually rewatched for the slasher show thinking it was more slasher mm-hmm. and it ended up not... I found it... It was a little bit more of a character study. I, I didn't really classify it so much as slasher, but I, I see what you're saying for sure. You know what? You guys really brought up... The, I mean, it was obvious, but like it didn't bother me until you just re- recently brought it up. Was the gunplay because I thought the gun, the gun aspect of it, made it creepier as a horror film, especially in today's society with uh, with movie theater shootings and just shootings in general. I was just yeah. like really creeped out by it. But you're right because everything was emulating the mommy, which is the film within the film we're watching. I guess he could have brought a scalpel in there. Well, he should. He, he saw the movie so many times. He definitely. Oh yeah, that was I the mean, whole thing. Like it, it was. That was the one thing, and I think that's what keeps it from not getting a higher rating for me. Because I really enjoyed this. I, I read a lot of people thinking this is boring. I don't think this is boring at all. I had it, a lot of fun with this. It shifts so like your twenty minutes with that beginning. Uh, there are some things that are kind of uh, almost Brian De Palma esque, like the way that they he's trying to go overboard with his camera, like not angles, but. Like that whole swirly thing, a lot of metaphors. I think he was trying to use a lot of metaphors with them. Depending, I don't know how successful he was, but for instance, he used pigeons and the <laughs> a raven. Snails are in it. The spiral yeah. itself, like I want a fucking seashell that I can grab and listen in on conversations. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be yeah. fucking hilarious. That'd be awesome. That, that, that was a big seashell. Well, that's. I was like, I was trying to look at it and like. The the uh, metaphor of the spiral and how it's used throughout, and it's used with the yeah. snail shell and with the seashell, and it, with the actual twisting of the spiral, and and to heighten anxiety and and everything else, and uh, obviously with the hypnotic uh, overtones of it as well. And uh, then I was looking at like the snail, the raven, and the pigeons, and I was just trying to draw stuff from it. Like the snail was a little weirder. I mean, other than it being linked to the the spiral, the the shell being like a spiral, like was it like was it supposed to be like the sun, like almost like a metaphor for the sun? He was slow and I, that was allowing him to be controlled by the mother. And they're like, I didn't know if, did you guys pull anything else out of it from the snail metaphor? I started singing Nelly Furtado every time the birds flew away. <laughs> oh I'd be like, I'm like a bird. <laughs> I just, I don't know why that's what happened. I really wasn't diving as deep into it as you were. Usually that's my thing too. Right. Well, they had some of the pigeons. I thought the pigeons were just like, why? Like, did they have the pigeons locked up? But I thought because usually, again, I I just said because usually they're free and they're pecking around and they're all trapped in there and they're not even outside. They're trapped within the house. And and I guess that was supposed to be like him. And the snail was like him. They're trapped in the house and then they're trapped Mm -hmm. 
in the cage within the house. So it's like a movie within a movie. And yeah, it's a it's a cage within a cage. Ba 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 doosh. No, I'm being but we, serious. We, we should ask Maya Angelou because she knows why the cage bird sings. Oh my god! See, just when he gets onto something, there he starts fucking cracking wise. <laughs> Raven, the Raven, the mother, it flicks it, like as you go from the pigeons, and you go from the snail, and then when the, there's, I'm talking about that scene where it goes all balls out crazy, where oh, it's trippy. very rep- oh. very trippy and it, it's spiraling yeah, and whatever. Uh, I think the mother flashes to a Raven and then flashes back to the mother, and I was like, okay, I was like trying to pull shit out of it. Maybe I am digging deep. I don't know. But no, I, that's fine that you're digging deep into that, but that's you're digging deep into the mommy, which is the film within the film, and anguish, which is everything else that's going on outside it. We don't get enough of of our killer here. Obviously, he's seen the film too many times, and the warning at the beginning of the film, which is actually, which actually plays into a nice little twist at the end with us. Yeah, is something that affects him and makes him go crazy because you see everybody falling uneasy, getting queasy, getting nauseous, you know, getting well, lightheaded. But this, but this is why I, exp- I think it's explained, even the end. And I'm assuming, Dave, you're talking about the ending where where she's in the hospital. Well, and yeah, then sure. Wheelie Wheelie comes like in and says, and you thought I was all in your mind. Or what's his exact line? No, he, he says, says he, I am in your mind. I am in your mind. I it's am in your mind. on top. I like it. Yeah. I like the end. But you know why? Well, because that, it's a movie within a movie again. Because there were... The credits roll within a movie theater. Well, so we're the actually where the movie. Yeah. We watched a movie within a movie within, within a, movie. a movie. And and in the so, movie, the killer on the screen uh, of Mommy goes into a movie, watches a movie of his own. He watches those whole dinosaur movies. Yeah. So yeah. this is a very self We're talking about how Friday the 13th, Jason Live was a very self-referential uh, movie. came out a year. Actually, no, it came out the same year. No, the year before, I guess. 86. This came out in 87. This is when self-referential wasn't really, like, big. You had a handful of them, but there was, it wasn't really big. Very self-referential, and Big Ass, whatever his name is, was having some fun with it, I think. And that movie within a movie within a movie aspect is the, the, the cherry on the top, as you were saying. It makes sense within the film reality that he created, but it even really doesn't have to because of the way he ended it. But I think he didn't go two balls out, so it keeps it still still in the realm of plausible. He made it a fun film that, but like uh, like you did with 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 the spirals and with with the animals and all of that, that you could really dive in and and analyze if you really wanted to. Because even the whole idea that that it's like a almost like a social commentary on how ridiculous it is that a film could could affect a human being and you know that's always a topic of conversation especially it was big in the 80s that you know horror films are are you know are for the devil they're gonna make you want to kill people and stuff like that and in this case he's making a film where that's exactly what's happening true and and there is there's real commentary in the film between characters the one girl doesn't like horror movies she's trying to to leave and her friend won't leave so she's making all these comments about not liking horror. And yeah, liking and and her friend is being very rational, saying, "Oh, it's just make believe." At the same right. time, you know, right. just enjoying it. She's really into it. She's like, she's like, oh, here's a cool chick. Like she loves horror films. She's into it, but she's just like, it's make believe. I get it. It's make believe, but clearly, it's not affecting her the way it was affecting others. I didn't look deep into it. Uh, what I saw was maybe maybe I should have. It just didn't occur to me to. I just saw a movie that was like bat shit fun like I was laughing anytime the birds were going free and the way Zelda Rubenstein was acting it was just 
funny to me because I love her so much. I love Poltergeist so much, and I'm so familiar with her. To see her in a different role, it, 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 in the way she was acting, which it, it's kind of like comedy to me. And I'm just, I, I mean, she's endearing to me because of, of the Poltergeist movie, you know. And so I love her, but then later on when shit's going crazy and it gets all trippy, and I'm just thinking, yeah, I'm, like, I'm like, this is the trippy movie, and I wish I could have gone to the to a to a theater because the, the, playing with the theater aspect at one point in my life, gone to a theater, tripping on acid and watch this freaking bizarro film because <laughs> it, it, it really it would be a cult film, cult not in satanic cult like we're talking earlier, like you know a cult film, freaking whacked out shit that I think if it had some exposure, I think th- there is an audience for it, but unfortunately this movie is buried. I mean, you know, we don't know. You, you can't find it. I remember seeing the box when I was young, and it had that spiral on the cover, and she was on it, and I should have rented it, and I didn't. Uh, at the time, I might have hated it, though. I was younger and probably not, you know, open to that. Because there's that one scene where you see a snail on top of a fucking Raven. And I'm sitting here watching yep. this, and I'm like, what, what, what? It never thought to me, it never occurred to me to think of that as any type of Metaphor? artistic merit. I just thought it was just trippy shit that they were throwing at the screen just to weird people out, you know, but... And I, I feel like that's what it was as well, especially given our opening scene, which is, you know, that whole creep <laughs> across saying, you know, don't talk yeah, but, to people you don't know during this film. Yeah, but Christian's saying that maybe the, the, the thing that we saw is just being nothing that might have been meaning. Why the bird? Why the repetition? Yeah. And, and shit like that. Oh, and there no, are absolutely. Absolutely. I, I don't know, and I don't know if that's, uh, if that's a benefit or not. I don't know if we're giving you too much credit or not, or it's just it's just fun. I mean, that shell, that's fucking weird, and she obviously has some type of power, you know, then there's there are some funny things though, like when when the guy when he when he's with that one girl and he's working at the place, uh, you know, because he's an orderly apparently, but yeah, his mother thinks he's a surgeon. That that's just funny, but he puts the contacts in her eyes and they're burning. And then when he does the switcheroo later and goes to her house, what he says is like, oh yeah, so and so. He goes to this woman's house who's rich and has a gated freaking place, <laughs> and he gets in so easily just by saying, oh yeah, she um. She grabbed the wrong thing at the uh, at the doctor's office today, and the guy says, "Oh yeah, that sounds like her. Come on in." <laughs> what the fuck? He just strolls on in, and then freaking, you know. And by the way, fuck eye close-ups. I, I was cringing yes. in the beginning. I have Texas Chainsaw, just like we talked about with Texas Chainsaw. I hate eye close-ups, yeah. and there's a lot of of, of queasy, like oh, moments that in this one, movie. That for one sure. scalpel under like the first layer. Ooh. Lots of uh, eye play. Lots of eye play. I could never wear contact lenses. I just couldn't do that. Oh. I just couldn't even imagine fucking with my eye like that. Oof. I'll tell you Man. what my biggest laugh in the movie was, is when that uh, that woman comes back with all the popcorn. She's like, Georgie, Georgie, have some popcorn. Ooh. Georgie, Georgie. And he reaches so he around. Reaches, he, the killer reaches around to eat the grabs of popcorn. And he's just wolfing it down behind it. Like, of course you got excited when he gave, gave the guy a reach around. Yeah. <laughs> Georgie, Georgie. <laughs> And then he chloroforms her. Yeah. yeah shoot well, that one. Eventually, she would have looked over. No, no, that's oh, wait, in the movie. That's in the movie. That's in, that's in that's the Michael. Okay. That's in the Michael Lerner guy. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's 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 a minor complaint. Towards the end, I watched this movie twice because last time I watched it before bed and I was kind of dozing off, and the third act it just got batshit, and I wasn't able to a few times tell what was part of this reality and what was part of this reality and i was getting yeah. a little boggled so i watched it again today before the show and this time it was easier but 
I don't know if it was because I was tired and because I'm just me and I can't pay attention, or it really is that confusing. But To me, my one criticism is since they pulled the first movie within a movie reveal so early on, yeah, they probably could have given us another 10 minutes to develop maybe either our killer's character or maybe the girls. Just a little bit more setup. Maybe them, maybe leading up to them arriving at the theater or something. Well, the movie was already playing. Like, it would have been difficult. Well, like demons? <laughs> you want the hooker and the freaking guy blowing coke off her tit? And, she and took the, off that mask and scratched herself, Candy. Because right. <laughs> of that scratch, she became a demon. An instrument of evil. <laughs> Sorry. You're already spreading your legs. Right, yeah. right. <laughs> what do you say to her? You're already selling your, your hooch? I don't know what the fuck you said to her. Don't untie it. Cut it. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. She's a friend of mine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's fucking amazing. Uh, so you really want more of that, B? You, want, you would rather see that girl and her friend driving up to the, For the more theater and discussing it, it horror? Just, it needed a little bit more development within that storyline. Yeah, but the reveal made more sense to see it that the other way. Where well, all of, of a course, there would have had to been some sort of trickery done, some tomfoolery. Yeah, yeah. My thought process was that the friend, that the one that's freaked out by it, that leaves to go to the washroom, gets freaked out in the washroom, and comes back to tell her friend. If she was that scared, she would have just left the theater at that point. They make her go True. back in, and then her friend convinces her, well, no, if I'm going to go look, you're staying to tell me what's happening in the movie. So they, that, that, was a, that was the... The line that's thrown in there to make us believe as to why she's staying. But she was so affected by the movie that she would have been like, yeah, fuck that and left. But they, they had to get the movie, I guess, progressing and somehow. Yeah. <laughs> what what yeah. bothered me was after the other girl got outside, she goes to that guy and says, somebody's fucking shooting people in the theater. Why wouldn't his immediate thought to go? Why wouldn't you go get the police right away? You wouldn't believe somebody if you're standing Bob outside? had a meeting. He was late for an appointment. Yeah, and he could have been. He could have done been a lot quicker by just going to a phone booth, as he says later, and calling the cops. Or I'm going to go back to the place and look around for blood and see. It you remember the that. good old days <laughs> of the '80s when you used to be able to joke about a movie theater shooting? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe it is a sign of the times that nowadays you, you wouldn't give it a second guess. I think that's the thing. That's I think that's yeah. why I'm torn because I started seeing this. I'm like, oh, this is fucking disturbing. I want more of this because this is so relevant to shit that goes on today. And I wanted more knife play. And I got to tell you that if they ever did a remake or this just makes me want to make a slasher in a theater because we yeah, got man. popcorn. But then that didn't fl- that one had the, the fun in the movies within the movies of that movie. But then the slasher <laughs> element didn't really get played out. This one it, it has the slasher elements there. Uh, I wouldn't even really call this a slasher film, though. It's funny enough, eh? Because it's sort of a mental character study of that guy. It's not a straight-out slasher film. That is funny enough, eh? Yeah. Would you describe it as a slasher film? Because a lot of people say this is an intelligent slasher. Well, it starts out as a slasher film. I mean, it's a slash. The mommy's a slasher film. Anguish yeah. isn't a slasher film, or whatever. Correct. Good whatever call. that yeah. film is. Yeah. You're right. The mommy would be a slasher film. Anguish. Not 100%. Oh, how about that poster for Mommy? Total freaking ripoff of Cycle. You see that? That yeah. poster that they had for the house and shit? Yeah. And the light window? yeah, that was good. <laughs> I was like Psycho, but the mom was alive, too. So I guess that was a, an in-joke in itself as well. True. And I, I wish I'd brought my... I wish I'd known you were going to bring your deep analytical thoughts to this one. Yeah, I would, well... I, I would have really, really dove deeper into this. After a while, I was just like, okay, they're just kind of fucking with us. And the he jokes just, on the jokes on us. 
Christian just wanted to to talk his ass off tonight. He he t- he spoke more than he ever has before doing a freaking twenty twenty. I barely he, have any notes. Say, I barely have any notes. I the, everything I said I, I is written down. I was just like, usually uh, those are notes. Yeah, well, <laughs> but there's barely anything here. Usually, it pages of shit, but I guess it's, it it amounts to nothing. Is what you're trying to tell me? <laughs> Fucking skunks. <laughs> yes. First skunk of the new year. Skunkaroonie. <laughs> yeah. Skunkaroonie. <laughs> Skunkaroonie. Oh man. No, a fun time. I, I, I'm glad it was recommended because it gave me an excuse to watch this again. I didn't have any nostalgia hold on this movie. Right. I remember thinking it was good, but actually, I would come in a bit higher than good. Oh, really? Now? Yeah. I'd, I'd say very good. Are you coming? Very good. Okay. I'm rating this very good. Half head explosion. Yeah, I'd say half head explosion. Half head explosion. For sure. Well, if we're doing it that way, yeah, I'll say half head explosion too. Yep. First time watch, half head explosion as well. Right on. Three three double H's. <laughs> yeah. Half heads, you know? <laughs> cool. Well, thank you, Sam. That, that was... Yeah, Definitely, thanks, we got. It. We had to hunt this sucker down. It's not easy to find. I had a bootleg copy that I got from that Stumpy's Discs years ago, but I I couldn't get it to these guys in time. I actually, but, well, I own the the Blue Underground DVD, but I just hadn't gotten around to watching it. I've had it for oh, a while. There so, was a DVD. See, I'm, yeah. Okay, my mistake. I thought it never even. That the VHS was the only format it was. No, nice. it has a DVD, and I watched a DVD, and uh, I'm looking okay. forward to and laser. And laser, yeah. By Anna Laser. Clyde Barker's got it now. I think. <laughs> <laughs> At least he signed it. Are we right. getting number ratings or no? For me, it's a seven. That's exactly what it is for me. A solid seven. And I went 7.5. Right on. I can dig it. I can dig it. Anguish. All right. Let's uh, let's break. And then we got a 20. And then we get the hell out. Sounds good? Hells yes. Bellissimo. Yeah. All right. Flips. She put on that mask and scratched herself. Get it? Because of that scratch, she became a demon. An instrument of evil. Like they said in the damn movie, you heard them. Right? Yes. We gotta stop it. <laughs> Believe me, we gotta stop the movie. All right. Okay, now, this one, this was a hard list to do. Matter of fact, both lists for me. I don't know how you guys feel. But both lists were hard. The first list was hard because I didn't have enough material. I wasn't as knowledgeable as I wanted to be, and I had to, you know, come in using tricks to and watch new movies to, to, to make a solid, you know, 20 that I was comfortable with. This time, cutting down to 20 was a motherfucker. It's, it's like I had too much knowledge. It was like, yeah. I, it was like 40 that I started with, and, sure. and I own so many, and I, I legitimately listen to them. So it's not like I'm, I'm flashing back thinking about movies I like and the scores as I'm watching them. This is top 20 go-to scores. We're just going to shorten it to the top 20 horror scores. But when he said go-to, I was glad he said that. Because to me, that's like that's what I'm going to sit down and listen to. And that actually helped me to leave some off. Because there's some great soundtracks like in the movie itself. But if I sit down and listen to them, it, it doesn't have the same effect. And that's maybe, that's weird. I didn't. I don't even think I paid attention to the fact that that it was go to scores. Well, that's okay. That ju- it just helped me to yeah. to minimize. It helped me to to make eliminations. So, I'll probably be leaving some things off that you're gonna have on. I like think. Well, I think you. Yeah, I think you made Forget a great it. example though before with uh with Friday the Thirteenth. 
oh, with listening to it, sitting down, I still yeah. got to give it a prop. Well, we'll get to it. Oh, later. yeah, yeah. But it's like like the Italian ones, for example, and I'll just say this one time before I start, but with the Italian soundtracks, a lot of them, with Goblin and, and, and Fabio Frizi and, and guys like that, to sit down and listen to them, because they're movies, and if you're talking about giallos and things like that, they're not straight-up horror, where half of the soundtrack isn't really horrific, and it's different. Like It could be like a regular horror-type soundtrack, and then it'll go into some fucking rodeo song or something, or, or some romantic interlude. or And because of things like that, I end up leaving them off the list. So it actually helped. I still appreciate and respect those things, and I'm not going to say the titles now, but I mean, I left some of them off just because of that, because some things are so jarring when you're listening to it that it's not enjoyable to sit down and listen to them the same way as it is when you're watching the film, where the ones on my list, I, I legitimately sit down, put on the earphones, and listen to beginning to end. So okay. that's that's what I went with. That's how makes I did sense. it. That make, it makes total sense. Absolutely. That's, well, let's hear that's my top ten. I mean, oh, well, there's one more thing I want to say oh, about sorry. these lists. Well, listen, because <laughs> the reason us. we chose this well, I actually chose it because because Dubby gave us three to choose from. And believe it or not, this was the one that was going to be the easiest because he, this is what he threw at me the first time. And I, I wish more people on Patreon would do this. Give us a choice of three and we choose them all. The, the one that suits us best because it's going to be a better show that way. But initially he said, I want to do a top 20 to choose. I said, okay, what do you want us to do? And he goes, okay, top 20 Asian ghost, top 20 trauma, or top 20 satanic cult films. I haven't seen fucking 20 trauma films. It's not my cup of tea. <laughs> I could have done that one. I could have too. Hey. Okay, I could have not. Uh, uh, top 20 Asian ghost. I think I have watched the most Asian ghosts between us three. Think. I don't know for sure. And I could... Could I make one? Yes. But it would be more like I'd be settling on like the last five. You know what I mean? So I thought th- this would be the best one to do. And You picked wisely. Yeah, see, that's what I was trying to do for the for the best possible show. And uh, the same thing happened here um, with Derek. We ended up choosing, well, I ended up choosing because I because I knew. Because, and when I tell you the other ones that, that he wanted to uh, to say, you would say the same thing. He was thinking of, uh, what was his, or what were the three he gave me? Because he gave me three as well. Top 20 go-to horror scores. Okay, that's what we chose. Top 20 body horror effect scenes. In top twenty, what the fuck moments in horror films? What? Yeah. We could have done the other two. We could have done the other two, but I think that this one was more fun and it didn't require as much uh, as much involvement. You guys agree? Do you think that I made the right choice? I was very think? happy with these choices. As was I. So let's do this now. Top twenty go-to horror scores. Okay, number twenty, Candyman, Philip Glass. Uh, very unusual. But uh, very good. There, there's really no other horror soundtrack like it because Philip Glass kind of has his own sound, if you're familiar with him. And it's lots of music box stuff and lots of vocals, lots of choir uh, singing, but in a gothic way. If, if you've seen Candyman, you probably don't need any more explanation than that. But really good, slightly repetitious, but ultimately it's put together really well. Number 19, The Omen. I, I mean, what can you say? This is something that's... Uh, it's been parodied. It's been it's been sampled. It's uh, uh, more you know more so the main theme than anything. But you know, Jerry Goldsmith knows what he's doing, and he sets the tone. And if you're familiar with the movie, you listen to it. You know 
what you know what, what's going on when you're listening as to what scene is is in the movie and what's going on and Jerry Goldsmith's just fantastic and you know the the chanting is just freaking legendary. Uh, number eighteen, it follows one of the better recent ones and we've kind of had a resurgence like the last five years and i'm sure we're all going to have some stuff on there but it follows very good very uh carpenter like dark deep freaking great listen you know for me i listen to almost all these at bedtime like i said before and to me they're mellow to other people they might not be mellow but whatever i just enjoy the feeling they give me 17 the neon demon uh most of it's cliff martinez fuck great stuff i mean we just watched the first two minutes of freaking neon demon and the, the intro scene and the music and it's a lot of that stuff if you watch the film it's just as you see on camera it's it's a great listen and there's a couple original songs and they actually work besides his actual score 16 the fog uh john carpenter uh, is the master I, I just love his style with soundtracks and the fog it's weird because it kind of sounds like Halloween in certain ways, but expanded on. Uh, but it works, and if anybody can make something sound like Halloween, uh, it's going to be John Carpenter. It's number 15, The Witch. Last year, I, I chose this as my uh, soundtrack of the year. Number one, Mark K. I forget how to pronounce his name. Carcoven. What is Mark, it? Mark Nato. Mark Nato. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Mark Covenin, I think it is. Or I, think, I thought it was just Corvin. I think it's Corvin. Thank you. Yeah, Mark Corvin. Excellent stuff. So atmospheric. Uh, you can just put that on, and, and it's dark and freaking. It's spooky. It's just a fantastic listen. Uh, number fourteen is Creep Show. Uh, a big fan of that, as everyone's heard before. Uh, in this movie, the, the score fits right in with the movie. And one thing I'll give them props for: when you actually listen to this soundtrack, they wisely only put in maybe two minutes worth of the lonesome death of Jody Verrill and only one little thing that sounds a little comical because that's, you know, that's known as, as the comic one of it. But, you know, as far as comedy reasons. But it's a good listen. John Harrison does really good. Uh, he also did Day of the Dead, and it was kind of tough for me to leave that off because I love that soundtrack as well. But ultimately, it just works better for Creepshow, and I just think it just has better compositions overall. But very good stuff. That movie just, just blows my mind. You know, and that's just it. All these movies on here, a lot of my favorite movies have my favorite soundtracks. And I guess that just makes sense. You know, Some, sometimes soundtracks are very important to the movie, especially in horror. Uh, number 13, Maniac from Rob, the remake, of course. Fucking A. I love it. I mean, it, it finished ahead of the other recent ones I love. The Witch and Neon Demon and It Follows are all great ones. But... Recently, that's the one I've been going to bed with the most. It's just been my favorite uh, as of late, and it's just been my my cup of tea. But it's it's brilliant. It, it's I've heard great... some people say that the Maniac remake is probably the best slasher out there. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard a guy say that yeah. once or twice. Yeah, I have I, heard somebody's. I think he's yes. from like Finland or fucking yeah, one of those lands. <laughs> one of those lands. Yeah. <laughs> far, far away yeah. land. Dude. Maniac, it's awesome. I love it. It's piano compositions, synth, everything. It, it it's it's dark and creepy, like like most of this stuff is. But just great listen. I brought this up on the Slasher Show. Speaking of it, number twelve is A Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, I said it was overlooked. 
And I, I really discovered my love for that movie more so than ever this past year. Watching the movie, as we talked about on the Slasher Show, and the soundtrack, not getting the respect it deserves. It's a really great soundtrack start to finish. There's a couple 80s cheesy bits to it, kind of, but that's also part of the charm. But I think it gets overlooked when, when you talk about horror soundtracks. So, uh, 11, Christine, John Carpenter. Uh, what can I say? He's great. Uh, Another very atmospheric, mellow type of soundtrack. Uh, recorded around the same time as another one that's going to be on my list later. And uh, just tremendous stuff. I just think John Carpenter is, is fantastic. So, as many do. Nightmare on Elm Street. I did not see who the composer was. And I may have forgot. And I'm not even sure if I know who it is offhand. I Charles got it. Bernstein. Charles Bernstein. Is it Bernstein? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Sorry for, for sorry for slating on that. I should have known that. Okay, but it, it's a great job. Okay. You, you should have. Yeah, I should have. Bernstein's a freaking yeah. good composer, man. Okay. A lot of Jews. Shockingly, Dave, like, either what we've done is picked the best, and what we're going to see here is these must be the best because there's a lot of reputation, or just a line because we're the motherfucking exploding heads. <laughs> but some of the my picks are in the same position as yours. Really? Some of them. Some of them wow. I booted. I booted Christine because I love it, but I had too many John Carpenter things here, and I was trying to try to even the playing field a bit. But he's fucking phenomenal when I realized yeah. it. In fact, it, it it was in my list at one point. I knocked it out, and I even gave the runner up to In the Mouth of Madness which was by wow. John Carpenter and Jim Lang, and that's my runner-up. Nice. And my number 20 is officially Videodrome. Howard Shore, I love the movie, as everybody knows. This score is is a beast unto itself because it's almost experimental music. So think of experimental film, experimental music, like mishmash of sound effects, uh, weaving in voices and, and, and filtered voices, as well as the score that you, you hopefully know and and love from the movie Videodrome as well. Uh, number, Howard Shore. He Howard always Shore. works with Conor Yeah, he did yeah. A, a good chunk, if not all of his films. Uh, yeah. Number 19 is Under the Skin, and that's <gasps> by... Mika uh, Levi? Levin. Levin? Levin? I, or... I left it off because I'm not sure if it's a horror movie, and I won't watch that movie, but I do listen to it at night, and it's awesome. So. That... It was my number nine of 2014, so I counted it as horror. Yeah, yeah, that soundtrack is phenomenal, and I've listened to it over and over and over again. Oh I won't watch it, and you could probably guess why if you've seen it, just from I... something I've heard that's in it. And oh, yeah, yeah, and it's it's real. And I hate to you keep I'm going to be using the terms again haunting and beautiful because it is a nice beautiful comment beautiful it's a good combination of both of those uh, in the soundtrack number 18 it follows by disaster piece disaster piece yeah. yeah uh so it falls was like yeah like you already mentioned a good throwback to the scores of the 80s typically John Carpenter but managed to be its own beast it's what your wife itself. calls your penis a disaster piece yeah or a beast Actually, neither. (laughs) (laughs) I made the joke at the wrong time right when you said beast. (laughs) Number 17. I wish wish we could do another. I'm sorry to interrupt. I wish we could do another top 20 just main themes. Because for me, listening to these, there's a lot of movies that have an excellent main theme. And then the rest of it's just okay. It's it's almost like when a band puts out one great single 
and the rest of the album is just okay or sometimes shit. I've noticed that, and I'm not going to shit on anybody, but do you guys know what I'm saying? Can Could you imagine? You know what yeah, I'm it's saying? Like, that there's- it's like that band oh. Fish, right? Like they. It- oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about soundtracks. I, went, I, I didn't do soundtracks. I went by main theme here. You just went main theme? Yeah. That's not a score to a movie. This, These are go-to scores. This isn't go-to main theme. You better get cracking. No, no. These are these are the main score that you would hear when you would watch, like, the trailer to the movie. That's all you're thinking about when you think of a score to a film. Yeah. So D- David, I did it right again. So- sorry, yeah. Derek. I'm glad I interrupted because see what, see what I just exposed? Yeah. Okay. Oh, I was, I, well, I was going to listen to the whole soundtracks here. I don't have time I for did. that. Well, I no, but you've of... seen the movies and you're familiar yeah. with them. I mean, you can't just go by one. Like, although, I, I like, uh, spoiler, Jaws is not on my list. I don't own it. I love the main theme. I've heard it a million times. It's synonymous. It's a fucking famous thing. It's not but on my list either. I... Isn't that funny? It's well, isn't it list? funny that it is on my list? Of course, because you're only going by the main theme. <laughs> so now we can't do the top 20 main themes. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get Frankie on that show. Uh, so it, my number 17 is something that's going to come up later much higher for dave but it's halloween three by john carpenter uh again you already stole my thunder there christine and and halloween three very similar because they're created at roughly the same time frame but they're still unique enough uh and halloween three is a, a a masterpiece unto itself number 16 the witch what a haunting fucking score for a haunting movie that brings me to number 15 which is masks by uh, Sebastian uh, Leverman. And that, that, I still, ever since I saw that movie, that theme is embedded in my head, and I love it. And I love the way that he plays with it, and I love the other tracks on there. And I have Jason Lloyd to thank for allowing me to hear the uh, the rest of the soundtrack as well, other than if I'm just watching the damn movie. Thank you, hey, Jason hey, Lloyd. Yeah. 14. How come I don't know about it? Uh, 14 <laughs> is Phantasm, 1979. It's such a phenomenal soundtrack. Tell me that doesn't just bring chills, make chills run up and down. And again, the main theme, Brandon, alone, even if you're just going by main themes, that should freak you out and be one. The main why... theme is part of the horror score, so that's yeah. why. <laughs> he's, he's that's why Phantasm is my number one honorable mention. It, it pained me to leave it off the list. And I do listen to it, and it really does harken back to the main theme an awful lot. They even go into that freaking groovy one. You know what I'm talking about when they're in the bar and they actually yeah. play the freaking theme song, but like a, a movie <laughs> version, it's great. <laughs> I think that's uh, Fred uh, Myro and Malcolm Seagrave. Uh, again, if I'm pronouncing the names incorrectly, I apologize. Uh, number 13 is A Nightmare in Elm Street. And I admittedly, I was like, A Nightmare in Elm Street by, and I drew a blank. Same thing. I drew yeah. a total blank. So then I had to look it up. And Charles Bernstein, that name never would have been one of my guesses. I totally forgot who did the score for Nightmare on Elm Street. April Fool's Day he did? He, no, he's done a few. It wasn't. When I saw his name, I'm like, was not who I was remembering as being the composer. Number 12 is Maniac 1980, Jay Chataway. If you go to YouTube right now, because unfortunately Apple Music didn't have this soundtrack. It's on YouTube right now. Like that kind of music box esque kind of opening, uh, mixed with some of the haunting voiceover aspects with the music under uh, underplaying when it's just like psychosis in the film. That score I think is very underrated because that movie was dismissed when it first came out as just vile trash 
by most, not all, by most, and it gained more of a cult following as the years progress. That score is fantastic. Wow, I gotta check it out, man. Yeah, uh, number eleven is "The Fog" by John Carpenter. Nice. Again, his simplistic yet effective use of uh, of piano and just and, and just beats uh, is absolutely phenomenal. There, I'm saying piano. I, I I'm going by he might have played it again on synth, but uh, ultimately uh, a great theme and, and great music throughout. Nice. I think there's a lot of similarities between all three of our lists, even though. <laughs> me not being a huge soundtrack listener and that's not really by choice i just don't listen to a lot of music but i still wound up choosing a lot of the films based on thinking of main themes because they are sort of synonymous with the scores with the entire film anyway so my number 20 is john williams with jaws nice yep uh How's number 19 going? goblin deep red there you go i love the Good soundtrack chance. to deep red yeah. Number nineteen, Pino Donaggio, Carrie. Very good. Great soundtrack. I like that soundtrack. I find it, it's so not what you expect, though. When you hear the main theme, when you hear yeah. Carrie's theme, it's it, it, it's so nice. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what I like about it. It's so childlike and yeah. like, creepy. <laughs> yeah. Number 17, uh, Christoph Cometti, uh, Rosemary's Baby. Oh, cool, man. Yeah. Good themes. See, like Deep Red and Rosemary's Baby, great fucking themes. Yeah, Rosemary's uh, Baby. Listen to the... beginning to end, not, not, not as much for me. As much yeah, see, the, the theme for Rosemary's Baby is awesome, especially since Mia Farrow oh, yeah. sings on it, and she just heard La La La's fucking yeah. creepy as fuck. Good um, I'm not sure who did the soundtrack for this one, but One Missed Call from 2004. Oh, really? I have no idea who did it. I'll look it up but... while you're do- continuing. Number 15, Possession. Fuck off. <laughs> the soundtrack to that, come on, the score to that is great. I forgot about the score to it. It really <laughs> is. It really is. I, I'm not, I, I didn't write down who did Possession either. Oh, well, I fucked up. <laughs> Number fourteen, uh, Philip Glass, Candyman. Oh, no, nice, nice. Yeah. Cool. Number thirteen, Psycho. There you go. That's uh, Herman, right? Yeah. Herman. And Herman. one missed call was Koji Endo. Koji Endo. Endo. Yeah. That was going to be my first guess. Yeah. Give me some <laughs> of that Endo. Word. Uh, number twelve, The Exorcist. Uh-huh. Are you talking tubular bells? That's what you're talking about? Tubular, yeah, man. Totally tubular. Goes with the yes. tubular balls that he likes to swallow. Hey! <laughs> and number 11, Mr. Charles Bernstein, Nightmare on Elm Street. Ah, there you go. Nightmare on Elm Street. Is that the first one to make all three? I think it might be, of all things. Very interesting. Well, no wonder you don't have the possession guy written down. It's, I think it's Andrzej yeah, Kornowski. Yeah, it's got a lot of Z's in his name. I didn't. I think I it's got the backwards it. end too. Yeah, I, I don't know how to say it. I don't want to embarrass myself, so I'll just say uh, composer unknown. Composer unknown. You don't All embarrass right. yourself. You just fucked the whole list up. Embarrass yourself. <laughs> My list, I think so far, to be honest, is the best list. I left off the fog. I know you guys both had it. I, I just kept it off. Well, for themes, you, you did a good job. But for main themes, yes. Like I said, Rosemary's Baby and Deep Red, <laughs> they do have great themes and even a couple other great compositions. In I the like movie. the music played but, throughout these movies. 
That's fair. Look, I can't tell you I remember all the music from the movies. You know, I'm thinking main themes, but I like the music that is present in these movies. No, I can dig it. I just happen to be a soundtrack junkie, and I, and yeah. I think Christian is too, so we just... Yeah, you, we, guys we are music, you guys are music junkies. You really right. are. I, I do yeah. not own any music. Okay. I do not own one CD. I'm as much into music as Record. I am into horror. I own yeah. no music in my house. Honestly, yeah. my, my favorite things are movies and music. Right. My and, favorite and is um, everything else can take a back seat. Yeah, gotta have those things. And penis? Is that yeah, what you said, Brandon? My favorite things. Movies and are a few of my favorite movies things. Movies and penis. <laughs> <laughs> a movies with penis. <laughs> Guzzling jizz. Okay. Um, oh my god. Okay. Let me run. Let me bleh, let me run down these top ten. Okay, number ten. Alien. Awesome stuff. Nice. People are pretty. Uh, pretty familiar with alien it's very atmospheric it, like like most of my stuff is and it fits that movie perfectly and i mean i i know that i'm gonna have certain composers on my list uh you know a lot but but jerry goldsmith is a master and he's just when it comes to the horror genre he's, he's one of the best but alien is just fucking awesome uh nine hellraiser christopher young that soundtrack, man, the main theme is, is so powerful. And you think about the... It's epic. It's the, fucking epic. Uh, it is. But there's so much more to that soundtrack when you listen to it as a whole. That freaking, that takes you places. That's a trippy, freaking, pretty crazy soundtrack. Yep. It's just hits you on so many levels. But man, Christopher Young, he's another guy. I mean, he's not going to come up again for me, but... I recently realized, if you listen to the last show, he did the, the soundtrack for Sinister, and there's a lot of good stuff there, too. And I tell you, that guy's he's freaking solid, Christopher Young. But, yeah, I think Hellraiser is just amazing. Uh, number eight, The Thing. Uh, Ennio Morricone with, I'm going to say with John Carpenter, because from what I've learned about it, you know, Carpenter kind of laid down some things and told him to work on it, and you could hear Carpenter's influence in it. But Ennio! Yeah. I mean, Ennio is freaking amazing. I mean, this is the only horror that he's done that I'm aware of, but I could be wrong. Man, just... Oh, just an amazing it's, a, it's a phenomenal soundtrack. Yeah, it is. Phenoms. It's just so... And it, it just, 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 just takes you places. I mean, the way I listen to shit, it's just amazing. Uh, number seven. <laughs> again, again, <laughs> he's coming up on the list. And um, this is Poltergeist. As I said earlier, I'm a huge fan of Poltergeist. Uh, I think it's an underrated film, and I think this is an underrated soundtrack, and I think it's Jerry Goldsmith's best job. Uh, maybe because I've seen the movie so many times, and it's such a long soundtrack, but there's certain choices made and certain instruments used that I don't think are, you usually hear them on soundtracks in either some of Goldsmith's work. I think um, they use a skin flute in that. Yeah. <laughs> There are some freaking cr cr crazy flutes in there. I'll tell you that. You know, he's got he's got shit going on. Like I listen to that soundtrack and I know every scene by 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 you know that specific sound that takes place in that shit. It's it's a it's a great soundtrack for a great film. Now number six, Suspiria. Uh, ah, nice. It, people might think it's low for me, but for Goblin, this is their best one because. I don't listen to every track on it because there are a couple that stray from 
the top five because it comes out of the gates really strong with like five incredible tracks. I mean, if it would have kept going at that rate, it would be the best soundtrack ever to me. But it kind of tallies off a little bit. And Goblin tends to do that. They do different things because they're so talented as musicians. They don't do just horror scores. They can do other things to fit in that movie. And it's just, you know, it's hard to explain. But people that listen to soundtracks, I think, you know, they know where I'm what I'm getting at here. But yeah, I mean, Suspiria. I mean. The Suspiria track is amazing. The main theme, freaking, uh, just so much shit going on in that. Just an incredible soundtrack. Uh, number five, Psycho. I mean, what are you going to say? I think it's underrated. I don't think a lot of people talk about it. Uh, but beginning to end, it's really solid. People only think about the shower scene and the opening credits. But I think it's start to finish. It's, it's an amazing uh, soundtrack. Number four, The Shining. I'll tell you what, this is the scariest one on this list. When you listen to the Shining soundtrack and sit down and give it a listen, it will spook you the fuck out. It's freaking out of control. It's scary. And it's weird because it's different people doing it. It's not, you know, a score by, it's various artists, so to speak, where <laughs> it's, I mean, there's two or three artists that are that are, that are there prominently, but most scores are done by the same artist. And I, I believe that, Someone else had already scored this film, and they, they went to see it on opening night, and they were shocked that their score wasn't in it, that Kubrick, being the guy that he was, changed everything and hired other people, and they came in and did other things. So an amazing decision by him, because there's no way it could have been better than it ended up being. Uh, my only complaint is when you listen to it, it's one of those soundtracks that takes scenes from the movie sometimes and puts the dialogue in it with the good-sounding stuff. You know, like the Danny meeting the twin scene. It's great music. But I would rather just hear it isolated without the dialogue, even as much as I like the dialogue. But intelligently, they do bring it back later without the dialogue. So they kind of make up for it. But some soundtracks will do it to you when you listen. But The Shining is great. Uh, number three, I'm officially going to pick this because the first four in this series are all excellent. The first one starts it off and it's great. But I'm going to, if, if I'm going Desert Island style, I'm going to take Friday the 13th Part 3 is the one I'm taking with me. Very familiar to one, two, and four, of course, but I think part three, uh, Manfredini takes it. <laughs> he takes a few more chances that he never took before, and then of course you got the disco theme in the beginning. Uh, you can't go wrong with any of them, and I think it's a it's a groundbreaking. Granted, he ripped off Jaws and Psycho, sure, and they'll admit that, but you know everything that's going on in this soundtrack is just iconic and excellent, and it seems to be overshadowed by other soundtracks. I mean, you always hear the, you know. You always hear that, but I don't think people speak about the, the soundtrack as much. Number two, the most trend-setting, uh, I think, ever for a horror soundtrack. Probably the most synonymous you could play to somebody and they know what it is. John Carpenter's Halloween. Uh, incredible. The reason it's not number one is because it's another one that beginning to end, there's a little bit of repetition, and there, but there are four amazing sequences in this film, and they do come back. You know, but they do different spins on it and stuff. And the same thing with Halloween too. Halloween too, very familiar, where he brings back some of those things, but puts the, puts a spin on it with, uh, you know, making it more synth. Just incredible, incredible work. I mean, John Carpenter is a master, and yes, he it's is. fucking it's Halloween. I mean, what are you gonna say? It's, it's it's amazing. And number one, yes, Halloween three season of the witch. Uh, <laughs> it's my Desert Island album. Number one, I'm shocked. I knew you loved it. He always talks about Chariot, Chariot of the, the pumpkins. pumpkins. I know, but I didn't realize it was his number one. Chariots of Fire, The Rock, so many. Listen. It, Chariots of Fire. 
Did I say chariots of fire? Chariots of pumpkin. Do 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 do. That's a good song, Yeah, John Carpenter and uh, Alan Howarth, uh, just incredible. I've I, I recently I was looking at my iTunes. And I was looking at it on my Mac, which I usually don't do. But if you look at your uh, music sometimes and you look at an album, it'll tell you how many times you played a certain song or a certain album. And you would not believe the freaking numbers for Halloween 3. It is by far my most played album. I probably, I think I'm in the 300s or something. Uh, and I'll go to bed at night, you know, one one or two nights a week and freaking put it in. Uh, it's, it's my Desert Island freaking uh, horror soundtrack. I think it's incredible work. Uh, it, it's original from beginning to end. There isn't too much repetition going on with the music like there is in other movie soundtracks. And it's just, it's it's a real special thing. I mean, freaking, you know, when I'm dying in a hospital bed, I hope somebody puts it in my freaking ears before I go. I, I'll do it. I'll do it. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Stick them in there and freaking let me drift off to freaking. Cherry to the pumpkins. Good yeah. list, man. Actually, I'm Thanks. just going to put the movie on and have you watch the scene with the fire marshal talking to no one. Over and over. <laughs> just, he's just nodding his head. <laughs> just nodding his head. And that's going to be the last thing you see before the lights go out. <laughs> awesome. Coming in at my number 10 is Jerry Goldsmith and The Omen. Uh, nice. You talked about it. We all know about it. I, I, I love this. In fact, I love this much more than The Exorcist. The Exorcist is Tubular Bells, uh, but from be- and, and it's scary. And and there's some sound design in The Exorcist. It's phenomenal. But from a soundtrack standpoint, I love The Omen. And the chorus and choir in The Omen is absolutely... Yeah, that was Yeah. Number nine is The Maniac Remake by Rob. Again, he took the idea of the 80s and, and like that synth track and, and then created something very hypnotic. There's really no weak links with it. it, it, it that main theme... Dolls. There, there's so many great tracks in this, and 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 you can listen to the soundtrack over and over and over again, and not get bored. Number eight, following in that tradition, is the Neon Demon, Cliff Martinez. This one's grown on me, and I I liked it even more than when I saw the movie because uh, I think I rated this number two or three last year. I gave it an honorable mention, but it's now higher than Masks and the Witch. Just nice. just great. Number seven, Lord of Illusions. I brought this up when we reviewed the movie. I absolutely love the soundtrack. It's by Simon uh, Boswell. The The sequence alone where um, Swan is uh, doing his magical uh, magical routine and it's the it's the swords and he's trying to do the escape from the swords and he's getting stabbed. That set piece, that musical piece alone is beautiful, but the music is great throughout the whole film. Is that the scene where, where Adam Sandler pops out and says... Stop looking at me, Swan. <laughs> no, that's the that's the scene where the music is playing. Seven swans are swimming. <laughs> Once again, it's a laugh a minute, and <laughs> yeah. number six is Hellraiser. I, I can't add anything that Dave didn't already say. Christopher Young Hellraiser soundtrack is epic. It great from start to finish. It, it must defy the budget because I don't know what they gave Christopher Young to create this, but you'd think the movie was a, a huge multi-million dollar, $100 million production or something like that by the way that the soundtrack 
uh, is. And obviously, uh, it was a much lower budgeted film. Number five is The Thing. Again, I didn't I, I didn't realize John Carpenter had much to do with it, but you're right. His thumbprint's all over it. I, I guess they gave it to Anino uh, Morricone, though, for the actual uh, credit. One of my favorite films, and the soundtrack's absolutely phenomenal as well. Number four. I love the soundtrack to one and two, but Harry Manfredini really, I don't think he gets as much respect for this one. It's Friday the 13th Part 5, A New Beginning. And I kid you not, this soundtrack is one of my favorites of the series because what it does is it takes the cues, the musical cues. You get the kill, 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 ma, 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 or ch, ch, ha, ha, ha. You get that. Uh, you get all those <laughs> cues. You also get ch, 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 which is Tommy, 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 kill, kill, kill very quickly. Uh, and you, and so you get the best of, which is carried over from the other movies, but there's some new musical cues here. I think this is the most underrated soundtrack, and I love it. I love this soundtrack. And I don't there think are it gets good respect to it. Yeah. Like, yeah. there is added stuff to it. Yeah. And you, you know what? I did myself a disservice by not listening to it because when I watch it in the film, there are some times in the film where the director inserted the music in the wrong uh, spots. There's one scene in particular when they go to the trailer park to go visit Demon. Oh, yeah. They're playing. You're like, where the fuck are they? They're just driving to the trailer. But it's like right. the scariest fucking music ever. Like, I think they're trying to take you away from the fact that they use the same shot three times over for the driving <laughs> montage to the trailer park. But yeah, I it. hear you, but the, the movie, it's, the music itself on right. its own is phenoms. Right which on, is the man. official term of the night. Number three is, of course, John Carpenter's classic Halloween. I almost did the same thing with Halloween as I did with the Friday 13th series, but I had to give it to John Carpenter because simplistic. Laurie's theme is fantastic as well. Uh, you know, we always talk about the dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun, but Laurie's mm. theme is great. Uh, what I wanted talking. to say is Halloween 5, underrated. The movie itself, I agree. it is what it is, but the soundtrack is a fantastic soundtrack. I agree. Between four, five, and six, it's the best soundtrack. Yeah, because uh, he did them all. Uh, after after he came in on three, uh, Alan Haworth and, and yeah. worked with Carpenter. He took the series. He took it over. over. Yeah, exactly. And five. That's the one positive. That's the only thing you could say good about five. A- after part three, like from the rest of the sequels, it has the best soundtrack. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm with you. Totally yeah. agree. Uh, number two is Psycho Bernard Bernard Herman. Uh, you know what? I'd give it I, Bernard Herman's phenomenal. I would have loved. Mm-hmm to put vertigo on here but since we're focusing more on straight horror i figured psycho had to had to be the one to give it to and then my number yeah. one as as i just went and said horror, straight horror is what i had to give it to I my number one is. is requiem for a dream <laughs> <laughs> year 2000 when i wrote the review i said that this plays out more like a horror film than most of the modern horror films that i had watched at that point so I think there's enough horrific elements in it. But that soundtrack is the most haunting soundtrack. And it's a soundtrack that hit me. When I saw the movie, I was like, all these emotions built up. And I wasn't saying it from the visuals. It was from the fucking music. So this soundtrack was great. And they they, they took the soundtrack. Because I don't think many people saw Room for a Dream. But they used the music. And this music was used in tons of trailers. I think we talked about this on the show before. It was even souped up and used for high-budget movies and their trailers, like Lord of the Rings-style-esque movies. I think it was Lord of the Rings. And they had Requiem for the Dream soundtrack, but souped up. And this is by Clint Mansell, and it was performed by the Cronus Quartet. Yes. Absolutely phenomenal soundtrack. 
from start to finish. I asked you about this one if we were including it. And I said I was. Yeah, I'm <laughs> glad you did. I have to listen to it, apparently. I think I said that last time you guys brought it up, and I still haven't, but I will. A lot of similarities. I have a few, <laughs> uh, few new ones, but uh, number 10. I don't know if I'm saying this right, the group that did the soundtrack, but it's Wilka Sky, and it's the Serbian film soundtrack. I fucking really? love that soundtrack, man. Oh, the soundtrack's it. great. It really is. I know the film is highly controversial and disturbing, but it's the soundtrack is really good, and I've listened to it on its own. One of the few that I've actually listened to entirely. Uh, number nine, Nicholas Pike for Stephen King's Sleepwalkers. Wow. Sleepwalkers. Yeah, I like the soundtrack to this. I'll admit, I love the main theme to it. That helps as well. Because it's Enya that does the main theme, and it's just such a fucking creepy song. But uh, the soundtrack is really good as well. Number eight, Fabio Fritzi with Zombie. I see a lot of repeats here, yeah. Yep, number seven. <laughs> and number six, a double Jerry Goldsmith of The Omen at seven, and Poltergeist at six. Wow, wow. nice. Yeah. Yep, number five, John Carpenter's Halloween. Number four, Goblin with Suspiria. Number three... Charles Klauser with Saw. Oh, good call. One, one of my favorite soundtracks. Love it. Charlie Klauser's good stuff. Yeah. Uh, number two, Requiem for a Dream, Clint Mansell, Kronos Quartet. And number one, Riz Ortolani, Cannibal Holocaust. <laughs> that main theme is fucking pretty cool. It is. And it's kind of it's kind of the really the score to the whole film because it's just kind of played throughout the whole film. They do have some other like some like weird psychedelic type uh trance stuff in there but yeah, it's do. it's really just the main theme played throughout the whole film so i'd like to listen to that soundtrack start to finish and hear yeah. what it's all about yeah you know what i found if you can't find them for sale or on apple music or spotify or whatever i i mentioned it earlier but youtube is a go they if the if it exists they have it in full sometimes they have it just in tracks but uh check yeah, out YouTube. No, they, they, that's what i was using was youtube just because it was easier but you can you could pretty much get the whole soundtrack on on youtube and listen to it straight through i'm kind of a snob about my music so when i think about listening to music on youtube like in my my headphones and stuff i just feel it'll be I won't get like the you know the immersive experience of of the stuff that that I have purchased or uploaded. You know what I mean? I don't yeah. know. I don't know. Maybe the, maybe some stuff on YouTube is MP3 or higher quality. Or, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, this was clearly the list I should have gone first on, and then let you guys uh, nerd out on the music because you guys are like music junkies and all that stuff. Whereas I, I mean, I love music. Don't get me wrong. I'm not like no music in my life, but I don't know. I just don't find myself listening to music enough. As we nerd out, I use the term haunting and beautiful. And, you know, no, at the end of the but, day, I but mean, I, but that's what brings you at the end. What connects you to it? What emotion does it draw from you is why you'd recommend it. I am surprised. Honestly, Dave, if you and I go through our top 20s, I think maybe we there's 15 of the same. I wouldn't doubt it. Maybe in different we, spots, but 15 of the same in the sense that. There's got to be something to be said about that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, maybe a little. Worse. There's something I want to mention. It's going to take me a minute. Continue to talk, but there's a <laughs> there's a soundtrack out there, and it's a Harry Manfredini, but it's only the subtle stuff from the first four movies, without, you know, without the strings and the bombastic music and stuff like that. I'll say this. I'll say I, I was I was shocked listening to your lists especially yours, Dave, that I didn't 
go with It Follows, and I didn't go with Neon Demon. I think you both had Neon Demon. I'm shocked because those are some of the soundtracks that I absolutely loved, but I, I don't know. I was immediately drawn back to like older soundtracks. I was immediately thinking like 80s and 70s. Yeah, I mean... And then I was drawn right to like the Italian, and obviously, you know, I just I kept it simple. I went with some of the obvious choices. Nothing wrong with that. There, there is a Friday the 13th compilation of Harry Menfordidi on uh, iTunes, which is uh, or Apple Music called Friday. It's just called Friday the 13th, The Ultimate Collection. The ultimate no, comp- compilation, sorry. No, it's there's like four tracks. One of them is called Moments of Madness. One of them is called Excerpts of Terror. Oh, man. There, there's a way you can purchase those four tracks. I have to find it. Maybe, maybe I'll have to save it for the next show. Because Introduction to Horror is, is for part one. But you can buy this album. And it just has that stuff on there. And it's just... You know, it's just those those songs where you can sit back and listen to it and, you know, feel like you're submerged in Camp Crystal Lake, so to speak. Just with the, the mellow stuff, the ding, 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 and the just anything that isn't like, you know, the the, the chase music or, or the uh, the main theme. Next show, I'll have a little uh, a thing for the listeners if they want to go listen to that stuff because it's really good. It's only like maybe 40 minutes long, 40 to 50 minutes long, but it's just if you're a big Friday the 13th head, you want to hear that shit. Cliffhanger. Yeah, the first cliffhanger of the year. Yes. I wonder how many cliffhangers we actually have never answered because we've totally forgotten about. <laughs> that would be an interesting fact to find out. I wish we had a freaking super fan that would go through the, the shows and tell us information like that and tell us the movies that made our Hall of Fame. You know. I'll tell you what, sometimes I'm talking with Derek and he's like, he's like, you gave this a, a, a 7 out of 10. I'm like, no, I didn't. He's like, yeah, you did. It was on episode this. I'm like, fuck, how? He's got like the memory of an elephant. <laughs> Derek, if you want to, if you want to be our official guy, please do. <laughs> I'll start doing it for Cinema Attack. I'll start writing down all the pics you guys. I'm sure Derek does that for his own show, though. Knowing him, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and if not, always, always, uh, Brandon. Brandon, would you give um, what the hell was that movie you guys covered? Uh, Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Ten out of ten. Ten out of ten. All right. Ten whole inches. <laughs> All I right. can give you 10 inches in three installments. <laughs> <laughs> three easy installments. Twenty nine ninety five. For less than a, the cost of a cup of coffee. <laughs> you could be a Patreon supporter. <laughs> for less Please, than a cup yeah. of coffee. You know I know exactly where you got that from. Isn't it like from that? Well, it's not from them, but you reminded me of the, the Buffalo PBS people. I used to always be, I, every time I'd be like, these fucking guys from Buffalo always want me to try to donate to their station. To... PBS, yeah, because they had Sesame Street, the the pledge drive every year. Yeah. I don't I think Dave reminded me of the black guy who saves his pocket change to pay for his life insurance. <laughs> Just what I have left over after breaking a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> and nice. I can get quality life insurance. <laughs> oh, shit. Well, I don't know if we're back. But that was our first episode of 2018. I, you know what? I won't. I really won't speak for you two because, well, to be honest, you were less than stellar. But I, I think I killed it tonight. <laughs> no, I thought we did. I thought it was great. Audience, I really did. You be the judges. Nah, nah, we did okay. We did okay, and we'll, we'll uh, the next show will be even better. We don't know what we're going to talk about, but it'll be even better. Maybe it'll be a franchise show. Who knows? We don't know what the hell we're going to do. We, we really don't know. We're just doing what we want this year, except for Patreon, which will will Patreon will probably have to be every other show because <laughs> we uh, we owe people. So 
you know. But that's good. Every other show is fine as long as they don't become just a Patreon show. Although if we did, that would mean that a lot of people are donating and there's a lot. So I don't know. Maybe we'll start recording a, an extra show just for the Patreon. I don't know. Or maybe just like an extra 20 minutes. I don't know. Shit. Who fucking Christian knows? And I, Christian and I have to be here. <laughs> <laughs> How about you continue to not know? We'll get the fuck out of Dodge. <laughs> I'm waiting for one of you guys to say yes or no. <laughs> I love it. I love just watching Dave just brainstorm out loud. I don't know. Maybe we'll do this. Maybe we'll do that. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe fuck yourself. Yeah. It's just thinking out loud. Exactly. That's what I do constantly in my freaking waking hours. Non-stop thinking. Yeah, it sucks. Okay. <laughs> what are we going to pimp before we leave? Patreon one more time. Patreon.com slash Exploding Heads. Get involved. Dollar all access. Rock and roll. If you want to uh, join the group page on Facebook, get, on, get in that. We're good. We're having a lot of fun in there. Get in there. Um, three in full effect. <laughs> yeah. I'm off my rocker. Exploding Heads Horror Podcast at gmail.com. Email it or voicemail us 702 389 6472. So, yeah, I think that's about it. You guys have anything else to say? I just want to say thanks, everybody, for your support and have a good night. I just want to say it's good to be back and good to see your faces again. Yeah. You too, man. Man. You, you, brah. Yeah, I, I can't bring myself to say brah. I can't do it. I hate it too, but I find it so funny. What's up, brah? Yeah. I'm just happy to be back. I'm glad these guys are happy to be back, and I hope that you guys are happy that we're back. Yeah. I Chuckles and fuckles. Right on. All right. We love and you knuckles. guys. Thanks. Thanks for. And who? Funko. And the knuckles. Can't forget oh, me. Oh, that you are. Good night, everybody. Roll the credits.